The greatest sports city in the world. Swung on and blasted. Deep left field. Away back. Gone. Wow, what a game for Perez. Uh, when this is all over and that banner goes up, there's only one thing left to do. Repeat. Swung on a dribbler, slowly hit down the third baseline. It's going to be an RBI single. A swinging bunt single down the third baseline. And the Indians have grabbed the lead. Miller's ready. The payoff pitch. Swing and a miss. Did he go around? Yes, he did. Got him on a slider. How about Andrew Miller? And number 23. At this point, if you're not from here, live here, play here, dedicate yourself to Cleveland, then uh makes no sense for you to live at this point. Cleveland gets the world. Yeah, you hear that, Wisconsin? Jump off a building. We don't need you. Doesn't even make sense for you to live right now. If you're not based out of Ohio, get out. See ya. Welcome to the Stansbury Show. Final week, final day of the yeah, week there. That's, that's what it is. Joined this morning every uh, weekday morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. Dude, I will tell you, I took so much cold medicine last night, and I did so at like 6 o'clock yeah. in the evening, that I woke up at 12.45 last night, and I felt like I was going to stay up all night. Didn't. Got up again at 4, and I was like, all right, I should just get up and get ready for work. Didn't. Went back down <laughs> and woke up really late this morning, I and I still feel kind of like in that cold medicine haze. You know how that, that you can get a hangover from that kind of stuff? Yeah, you can get a coma from that kind of stuff. Yeah. You can die from that kind of stuff. That's little, little Wayne's life right now, dude. Yeah. It's fighting seizures off from too much cold syrup, so I'm not surprised you got a little bit of the hangover on. And honestly, man, I feel bad. I feel guilty. I feel sorry about it because I know I'm the one that got you sick sitting in here in, in this closet together, you know, just shoved up against each other. Uh, you know what I would rather have? I would rather have two guys in here sick right. versus like, well, he's not here for three days this week and, you know, what I mean like I believe in dedication to the program so don't worry about that it wasn't only you that got me sick I believe I was hanging out with somebody else who may have uh, put some of this on me dedication to the program snot and mucus all over each That's other right. just coughing on each That's other right. dude <coughs> mucus is nature's lube yeah it like, really is you gotta remember that and I'm a KY factory right <laughs> now dude just my sinuses just snot coming out of me all the time coming out of my chest it's disgusting in here I'm ready for the weekend yeah, I'm ready for time. the rest I'm it's ready I'm, yeah, I'm ready for it um, not that the, not that you know this job is so hard it's not that it's just you know when you're not feeling right you're not feeling right everybody else in Canton Ohio is going to a job where they're going to be working outside, outside lifting something heavy busting knuckles doing all sorts of things Stans- I've been sick for decades Stansberry I'm still outside Stansberry no, we're grinding through it, guys. We're doing what we have to do. Dude, is somebody going to pat me on the back for this or what? Yeah. Yeah, we deserve it. How are you this morning? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm uh, like you said. I'm very glad that the weekend is upon us. Yes. I, uh, I I had a, a an afternoon yesterday. I guess I will uh, give you the rundown. Yeah. So if I have my facts correct, you actually went over to the Canton Charge operation mm-hmm. and have applied to be their in-house announcer. Correct. And I was a little bit skeptical at first. I'm like, well, dude, if you do this, you don't get to go to Canton Charge games. Like, you'll be there, but you don't get to go with your girlfriend and, like, go yell from the stands. And, like, that's one of my favorite parts of those games. So well, My if, buddy's the in-house announcer for the Cavs and for the Monsters, and he has girls in the booth all the time with him. You'll well, be fine. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, you know, I, I, I need to bring her along. I'm just saying that, like, going to those games and just being a fan 
fan was I was a big fan of that. Like not having to be an official employee or not anything working. like that. Not right. working, just going to the game and enjoying it as a fan. I, okay. I really did enjoy that. So I was a little bit like, eh, I don't know if I should do this. And God knows, I don't know if I'm going to get this job or not. It's a tough job to get. Um, it's not the same thing as this. No, certainly it's not. It's a very different job. Everybody thinks that if you have a microphone in front of you, you can do any microphone job. Well, David Lee Roth has one too, but I'm not going to front Van Halen exactly. anytime soon. <laughs> and, and I mean, stand-up <laughs> yeah. comedians, you know, I'm Say, not going to yeah. I'm not going to be able to go up there and, and, and go do that. So a, a lot of people make that assumption as well. If there's a mic, you can do it, and not always I've seen case. a lot of stand-up comics not be able to do radio, and I've seen plenty of radio dudes not be able to go and do stand-up comedy. Singers, strip club DJs, you know what I'm saying? People, Same thing, yeah. people on television, like, I couldn't go be on TV right now. That'd be an absolute joke. Everybody would be like, get out of here, idiot. Might want to shower. Yeah, I mean, that's step one. <laughs> yeah, and, might want to rinse. And wear different clothes from day to day. That's another step when you're on television is you can't wear the same clothes for an entire week straight. Uh, but I went to the charge operation last night, and, dude, it was, as far as I could tell, it was a pretty successful run for me. Oh, I good. felt like everything came out of my mouth right. Um, I, uh, I, I I shook hands with the CEO of the charge. We, uh, we've We've we emailed back and forth a couple times. We've met a couple times. But he was excited to see me. So all signs kind of point to yes, but I don't know. And uh, fingers crossed here. I'd love to be a part of the organization. So not so. I want to be clear about what it was you were applying for. So yeah. not like the hype guy on the court. No, no, no. That's yeah. That, that's is, exactly what I'll be. This is the oh that. that. Is, that's exactly what I'll be. Is I'll be oh, the dude. okay. Yeah, dude. I think you'll get that gig. Yeah, you'll I'll be, be you'll be better. I thought you were going to be the guy in the rafters, like saying, and your starting lineup for the. I'll be I'll be the one who's out there. Canton Charge Nation, get out of your seat Here and comes put the your hands together. Here yeah, comes the t-shirts. That'll be me. That yeah, guy. Yeah. Okay, okay. I Running thought you around. were going to be like the announcer like calling the action in the stadium. No, I'm not play-by-playing like, play or anything foul like that. Foul on to number 22. Or, no, oh, no. Okay, yeah, you'd be better. Dude, that's a good job for you. You yeah. would be really good at and, that. And, 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 you know, I'll be doing like the post-game interviews and stuff like that. And regardless, however this happens, dude, I'm excited Canton Charge season is coming up, whether I get this job or not. November. Twelfth um, season opener. Do you know? Uh, have so they've moved forward from the person who was doing that last year. Well, right? There was two people doing it last year, a guy and a girl, and, and they were rotating. No, there was they would have two people out there every game. Oh, yeah. and they're looking to streamline, get one. No, they're looking to have another guy. There would still be the girl there, so it'd be me and a, me and another. Oh, so they're keeping her. Me and another female. I don't know if they're keeping her or what that story okay, is. Okay, yeah. okay, but it's going to be a co-ed situation. Seems I think, like it. Yeah. I think you'll get that job. I mean, if you're them. Well, I that, mean, you're going to get talked about a lot on the radio, which right. is what they're going to need. They're going right. to need that. And outside of all that, you would be good at that job. Right. Hey. You don't care about looking foolish. And you not have, at all. And you have to look foolish to do that job. You do. You kind of have to like, and not that it's, it's probably the wrong word, but you got to like throw yourself out there in a way that you don't care whether you look goofy is really the word. Dance, clown, dance. Right. Like, yeah, no, there's, there, there's totally that about It's me. a court jester position. It's certainly. And, and you you'd have, be very good at you that. You have to be able to kind of ham it up and you have to be able to kind of play off of people. And yeah, I, I'll tell you I, who'd be great at that. Is double K ninety eight one zone nine eight one zone Keith Kennedy Keith Kennedy would be really good at that job. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'm excited about it, but I won't be heartbroken if it doesn't happen because no matter what, I'll be in a Canton Civic Center rocking with the Canton Charge. I won't ask you, uh, you know, to uh, tell me exacts or specifics, but does it pay? I, dude, I don't know. This was an audition. I, they, oh, they didn't get into that yeah, at all. Yeah, it wasn't like an interview. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really talk about anything like that. We just kind of. And he was like, "Well, do you have any questions?" And I was like, "Eh, I got a couple, but you know, I know you guys aren't." It, the guy I was talking to wasn't like the hiring manager. He was like the. 
What do I this is say? the first rounds of uh, American yeah. Idol. He was he was like the um, I guess the in game like correspondent where he's making everything happen. The liaison of like, all right, now we got to have the Canton Repository newspaper toss challenge, and then after that, we've got the you know the three point shot, you know whatever. So it, all those different things will you know kind of be what I'm a part of. All right, I thought you were. Yeah, this is a different position than than I originally thought. So how did this work yesterday? So obviously they took you through like a full like workout of it, right? Essentially, what happened is I was there. I was one of the last people there because I had some other stuff going on in the afternoon. But I got there at like six thirty, and there was somebody else before me. And a guy handed me this packet, and he's like, "Hey, dude," and he knew who I was. Sure. He was like, "He was like, if it has a star on it, that's what we're going to be doing today." And so I kind of read over it, and it's you know the Sugardale hot dog toss, and what am I going to do for in the this? Stands though, right? Nobody in the stands. Eh, a couple employees and stuff, but I mean, for the most but part, empty, which makes that harder. Twenty people, maybe. That would make that for me. That would make that harder. You put a packed audience in there, and my brain would be like, "Dude, you better nail this." And, you know what I mean? But an empty gym, I would totally screw that up. And the first, uh, the first thing they said is, "They're like, dude, just go out there for thirty seconds and and do the best that you can. Like, no script, no anything." Again, for people that don't know, thirty seconds. Of speaking time uninterrupted is actually it doesn't sound like a lot because in sex it would be miserable. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, oh, but, yeah. It, but in speaking it's a ton of time. And I, with you and I, we're very used to doing this thirty seconds to us speaking back, on the radio. Going back. Blah, 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 blah. Now we, what do you think? Right, we can do this, but thirty seconds just out there in front of twenty people with a microphone in your hand in an empty civic center. Yeah, it kind of felt like forever. At the same time, dude, it was just yelling. You know, Charge Nation, show them why we're the Hall of Fame city. Get out of your seats. Put your hands together. See, in an empty arena like that, I would have a hard time gearing myself up for that moment. Right. I'm a gamer. Like right. you got to get me to the game. I'm right. not a practice. Practice. I'm not. Yeah, I'm the Allen Iverson. Practice. practice. I have natural ability, but you just got to put me in the moment. I can't do like I would have had a very hard time with that with that process. A prime example of that is is before Stansberry and I were officially hired, they were like, "Hey, just go into the radio, go into the studio, and go oh, make that was a f- miserable. Go make a fake show." And dude, I could tell you hated that. I was didn't like, want to do that. At I all. mean, that was the first time we had ever like spent any significant amount of time together. And say, "Oh, this is stupid." I hate and it. I look at you as soon as we did three things, I was like, "That's good, right? Let's get out of here." I knew they were going to give us this job before that process anyway. So there was a little bit of that. I had confidence. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. I'd I mean, when they crossed. call you and say, hey, do you want to apply for this job? You're probably going to get it. That's why I was like, that's why I was so concerned. <laughs> I've been emailing people for the last three months. And please, somebody just give me off the unemployment line. Yeah, we did come into this position under different uh, you know, premises that way. I didn't even know this job was going to be open. I had yeah. no idea. And I just, I've known the boss here forever for a long, long time, having worked for the company once before. And he was like, yeah, man, I think you might be this guy. So, Well, dude, I hope you get this job. We'll I'm a little Thank worried because you. you're, you're strict on your sleep. Yeah. You're strict on your sleep schedule. And this is going to keep you up at night a lot. Not that many school nights, though. I kind of checked. Really? And most of the games are weekend games. The vast majority of them are. Uh, if, if you're the charge, that makes sense. You right. want people going. And uh, for the couple 7 o'clock during the week games, there's also a couple of like 3 o'clock during the week games and things like that. So it, it, I should be okay. Okay. Good news for the people listening to the program today. Every single hour, Factory of Terror tickets will be given out. 45 break of every single hour, so around 45 of every hour. You'll get hooked up with Factory of Terror tickets. We also have Bush tickets for their show January 1st at the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park. And we'll send you to see Gallagher at the Canton Palace Theater November the 5th. And we will do that around 8.30 this morning. Your wife is always out there trying to prove to you she's smarter than you. Always trying to give you life lessons and show you the right way to live. 
A woman has done that, and it has backfired in spectacular fashion. And we'll tell you how that happened next on The Sandsbury Show. 106.9. Welcome back to The Sandsbury Show. Win your way into The Bush Show, January 1st, Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park, at 9.30 this morning. We'll pass those tickets out. What a good way to spend New Year's Day, man. You wake up a little hungover. A lot hungover. From New Year's Eve. What are we going to do today? You know what? We're going with Bush because we won tickets. Yeah, that'd be a good show, man. They're one of those bands where you'll go see them and you'll know every song coming from the stage. You forget about how many hits that band put out. They're kind of like faceless like that. But when you go see them, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I know that. Oh, yeah, I know that. Little things. I know that one. They're a good band, man. Always good stuff happening at the Roxino. They have stepped up their their concert game in a in dramatic fashion. I don't. I mean, I don't even think it's too much of a stretch to say that, like, as far as the artists and the caliber of artists they bring in and the quality of the venue, one of the best places to go see a show in Northeast Ohio. Like, I, I don't even think that's debatable. There you go. So, if you're married, yeah, and. For the record, for those of you that may not know, Fantel's not married, neither am I. No. You're in a serious relationship, been with your girl now about three years, right? Is that about right? Correct. And I'm about as single as one person can get. And, but I've seen enough sitcoms to know that your wife's always trying to teach you lessons, right? The wife's always the smart one. The, the, the man's always the idiot who doesn't, oh my God, my wife went back to work and I don't know how to change my kid's diaper. Well, I mean, I think there is some guys who are very dependent on their woman to take care of those type of things. You know, I I think you and I, since we both have, what do I want to say, been single huge stretches of our lives. Of our adult lives that we're independent. I know how to take care of the laundry. I know how to do those things. But there's plenty of dudes out there right now who, if their wife left them within a week, they're they're sitting there just trying to eat a stick of butter with dirty clothes on and, and, you know, haven't bought toilet paper in in, in three days. Like, it's... Very possible there. So your wife's always trying to teach you lessons. She's smarter than you. And I would say more often than not, that's probably true. And that you should listen to your wife because it's not necessarily smart. It's responsibility that they are better at than men. There's no That cannot be debated. I don't think common sense is the right word, but it's something no. comparable to that where where, where wives and women and, and mothers really, maybe it's just a response. You're right, responsibility. and they have There's less wonderment. Like a man goes, well, what if this could right. happen? Where a woman goes, yeah, but that's not going. Right. It's more realism. Right. It's realism. I bet. I, 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 I bet that's the best term there. So this wife, this woman, was trying to teach her husband a lesson. He had bought a couple of Powerball tickets. And she was like, what are you doing? Why are you wasting money on Powerball tickets? This is a waste of money. Well, you got to think how many times a, a, a wife in a situation where, you know, the, the, the financial strings have been tightened or something like that is like, why, why are you buying this? Why are you going out drinking? Right. Why, why do you keep smoking cigarettes? Why do you, you know, you're just getting gas anywhere. If you drive an extra block, you can get gas for five cents cheaper, Galen. Why you don't you go do money. that? Maybe if you cut coupons, we wouldn't be so poor. For, for me growing up in my house, this was my, my mom and dad fought about the grocery store. My mom would have been a giant eagle, and my dad went to like Heinen's, and my mom was like, the same exact thing costs twice as much, and it's all right on my way home from work, Sue, I don't care. Like right. that, that was my right. mom and dad's argument. So a woman was trying to teach her husband a lesson about buying lottery tickets. Which, if you're in a tough financial, in a tough financial place, it's buy, a, it is a waste. Buying, buying lottery tickets is irresponsible. It is. It has to be right. I mean, to 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 be. If you're struggling to pay your bills, then yes. Yeah. If if you don't have car insurance and you're driving around illegal right now, but you're buying lottery tickets, that's irresponsible. All right, I should stop doing that. <laughs> but Glenda Blackwell, 57, yeah. out of North Carolina, 
she bought $10 worth of the Carolina Millions scratch-off tickets even, not even like Powerball tickets, but she bought $10 worth of these tickets and was going to try to teach her husband a lesson about how this is a waste of money. (coughs) She goes, I was going to be ugly and buy a scratch-off to show him that they never work. Sometimes I get aggravated with him, so I tell him, you're just wasting our money. But instead of losing $10... This woman's plan completely and utterly backfired as the family now has won $1 million off of a scratch-off ticket. In the end, she never got to teach her husband that lesson, but she says this is a payoff I will absolutely take. Yeah, that's a, for sure. that's a piece of humble pie that's not too bad to eat when it's worth a $1 million right there. She like, says, I'm happy to eat my words. They're worth eating. I was very happy. She says uh, they're going to buy a home, help her daughter put money into her uh, into the granddaughter's college fund there. I thought you were going to say meth addiction or heroin addiction or something like that. After taxes, the family will get $415,503. Um, which, don't get me wrong, over $400,000, it's a huge amount of money. Yeah. But when you hear that... Start hey, buying a house but yeah, in well, college. Right. And when you, See ya, when you hear gone. somebody won a million dollars, you're like, oh, they have all the money in the world. And no, they don't. They have $400,000. No, the government's going to take half. And $400,000, I mean, like I said, don't get me wrong, a very significant amount of money, but it's not going to support you for the rest of your life. No, you still going to have mean? to work. Right. Absolutely, you'll still have to work, which I think might be the best possible way to win the lottery. I think it would probably be better to win just a fraction of money yeah. that puts you not necessarily on easy street, but where you can take the... Dude, if you didn't have the stress... Imagine if you didn't have the stress of covering your nut every month and you still had this job. It, yeah. This would be great. This job. This job. Don't you think, though... Maybe I'm wrong here, but don't you think giving the average person $415,000 they still have to go to work kind of turns every job into this job? If you're working some job you hate and you have some a-hole boss that's sweating you all the time, and the only reason you showed up at that gas station or at that you know landscaping business or at that you know at that at that office where you hate your boss, and the only reason you kept doing that is because you had to cover your nut, as you as you so elegantly put it. That's um, what it's called. Dude, mean, <laughs> that's what mafia guys call it. You know, I think when that happens, you're going to get in a place where you're like, dude, I have $400,000. I can tell this boss to go F himself right now, and I'll be fine this year. And you would be. You'd be able to make that it through year, your yeah. year, but you're not going to be able to make it through your life. You're not, and you're going five to... Five years late down the road, you'd be like, what the hell happened? Five, and, I, and I bet that's long. Five years down the road, you I'll don't have any under. money. You have a five-year gap in your employment history. You know what I mean? Because like, all of a sudden, 1500 bucks to do something, you'll do it. Right. And you don't understand. Like, like we say this all the time about the kind of money we make. We can 5 <laughs> and $10 ourselves into the poorhouse. Of course. With four. $115,000, you can $1,500 yourself into the poorhouse very easily. Very easily. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, we're going to pay for our granddaughter's college. Pfft, there's, a, you know, oh, we're going to buy a new house. Pfft, that's out the window. Oh, new cars. Uh, you know what I mean? Dude, it's already gone. $400,000 right there. It's already gone. I know a guy who won the Pennsylvania lottery Yeah. twice. Jeez. Twice. Hit it twice. Now, I will buy, like, Powerball tickets, Mega Millions tickets. I'll buy that kind of stuff. Can't win unless you play. Now, I understand the odds are definitely against you. It's like astronomical. I think you get hit by lightning like four times before you'll hit the lottery. But but the only odds that are worse than that are not having a ticket. Are not buying a ticket. And for two bucks, I will throw $2 at like $200 To me, it seems crazy not to. I understand that. 
I do. And I mean, I don't, I don't regularly do that, but I understand the, hey, it's worth two bucks to have this dream, to have this fantasy, to have this, even if it's. It buys you hope for three days. Yeah, even if it's <laughs> it exactly. It, you're like, oh, this could happen. This could happen. You know, it's not going to, but it's a $2 investment. But when people are standing there in the gas station in front of me, spending $50 on scratch off tickets, trying to, just trying to catch that high, trying to catch that, you know, I, I, that's when I'm like, dude, you got a problem. Okay. I, I, I can tell you a story about a couple of guys I know, and I'm not going to name any names. But occasionally I'll be out at one of the golf courses. Yeah. And the same like three guys every week will spend three hundred and fifty dollars on scratch off tickets. Oh. And they'll sit at the bar and the three of them will then scratch them off and try to hit. And I asked him, I said, When's the last time you guys hit like a major amount of money? And the guy said to me, We've been doing this three years, we've never done it. Jeez. He said, We break even a lot. You break even a lot. But much like Vegas, my guess is that if you kept track all the way through, you've lost more money than you're ever going to see for sure. Of course. For sure. Of I, course. When I was in high school, my buddy's girlfriend at the time, her mom was severely addicted to lottery tickets and nobody ever knew Fantone. Nobody ever knew until they lost the house. She was in charge of the finances. Husband never knew. She wow. kept the lie up. She And the next thing you know, he came home from work one day. He worked one of those tough jobs where he came home in black soot all day. You know what I mean? And he came home, and the wife had to tell him, sorry, I lost us this house about two years ago. I've just been, like, stretching my arms and band-aiding problems. Paying credit cards. And, oh, wow, not paying the mortgage. Dude, I, honestly, it, it, it's amazing to me. Like, not to say, like, I understand smoking crack and how addictive that is, but even, like, sex and, like, all these other things that people say, hey, you can be addicted to, gambling just doesn't give me the high. It I, just doesn't. I like, bet sports because I like betting sports. It makes watching the game more interesting. But like my brother and my mom both live in Vegas. I'm in Vegas all the time. And I, my brother will play blackjack. He'll play a little craps. This I can't do it. Because I sit at the table and I start thinking about my money hourly. I start thinking about my money right. weekly and like, how many endorsements do I got to have to make that money? How many shifts at the Agora do I got to do? You know what I mean? Do I got to, you know, bartend at to, to make this money to get this paid back? And it takes all the fun out of it for me. It, it's weird how addiction works that way because right. I'm with you. Right. Like, I could get addicted to things pretty easily. Right. But the gambling thing, I'm like, no, 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 no. I like the financial security of having my money. But I will buy, like I said, Powerball tickets, Mega Million tickets. Do you, you put $200 million on a billboard i'm stopping at a speedway tomorrow to buy tickets for that i understand how that could happen but the scratch offs i'm with you i think that that's a i don't know there's a different level there unless your wife wins a million dollars on them right, right. And then you're like yeah scratch off tickets are great investment <laughs> all right we have scientific proof on why men like big boobs we'll fill you in on that also send you to the factory of terror next on rock 106.9 106.9 welcome back to the stansbury show rock 106.9 you're just a few minutes away from getting hooked up with a pair of tickets for the Factory of Terror, like one of the country's best Halloween haunted houses. This is it. It's your final opportunity to get your ass out there this weekend. About under 10 minutes away from right now. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need for those. Being two men, we know we're no stranger to the idea that all men kind of have a fetish when it comes to other women, whether it be like you're a leg guy, maybe you're a boob guy, maybe you're an ass man. Right? Yeah, pretending to be two men. I mean, really kind of kind of grown-up boys, I guess I would say. <laughs> I'm a man boy. I like it. That's the best place to be. Not bad. You know what I mean? Can adult when you have to, but the rest of the time, it's cartoons. Yeah, just bong rips and PlayStation. 
they've done a study now to figure out why men like big boobs. So before moving forward, yeah. I would assume, having listened to you talk now for almost three years, you're a boob guy, right? Like, that's like your... Yeah, I mean, when, when you throw A or B in front of me, like, uh, you know, boobs boobs or butts, I'm, I'm going boobs almost every time. Yeah, you can tell by the woman you did. I mean, and there's no, like, you know, I'm not like, dude, butts are gross. I don't want anything to do with them. They're terrible. Um, It's certainly been the, uh, what do I want to say, the reemergence of the booty over the past couple of years, and I'm okay with that, but if I'm picking one or the other, dude, I'm going boobs See, every time, yeah. I'm a butt guy. I, dude, if, if a woman fills out a pair of jeans really well and it looks really, uh, you know, attractive that way, I, I love that. I can't get enough of it. But they've studied men now, mm-hmm. and they have figured out. And you actually you you solidify this point. Okay. They have figured out why certain men really like big boobs. You know what they figured out? What is that? You're not financially stable. Ah, poor people. (laughs) And my guess would be is because look how much it is, right? When big boobs, oh my God, it's, it's, there's a lot of it there. And so that would, I I could see that. And um, I, I could understand by when you don't have a lot of something and you see somebody walking around and it's sexually attractive to you and there's a lot of it, why you would want to chase that. That makes all the sense of the world. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that apply to like big booties and like fat guts too? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, look at all that fat up in there. You know what I mean? No, oh, because I don't think anybody finds fat to be, well, not well, n- I nobody. Say. I was going to say, but I bet most people don't find fat to be attractive. Right. Uh, well, I mean, I know a lot of women don't. I, I, certainly not. But I, I, I just think if if it was if it was strictly based on like, well, there's a lot of it, a lot of boob meat there. Then I would I think that would apply to any meat on the body. They studied men of all different financial backgrounds, and apparently, men who lacked financial stability favored uh, busty ladies, and men who were well off preferred a smaller pair of boobs. And one of the problems I think that I see in this is that like. When it comes to what you're attracted to, those seeds are planted very early in life. You know what I mean? Like those. The, the, it, when I was 13, I mean, my family was pretty well off, and like you know, I wasn't working in radio just with a credit score of seven. You know, it's so, and I still loved big boobs back no, then. No, but you're in line with where your father was financially, right? You're probably um, you're closer to where your dad was financially than you are like way past it. If I, dude, if, I would say probably way under it. If you're comparing like where my dad was in the 1990s when I was a kid versus where I am now, I'm just trying age, to figure out that it, because I would imagine most people, if you studied them, you're probably right along the line financially of where your family was because of at age 32, my dad was making more money than me. Is that at right? At that point, for sure, not even a question. Yeah, it'd be almost hard not to. I mean, dude. I mean, let's be real. It was the Clinton administration. It was the '90s. Everybody had a ton of money, dude. There was there was pizza rolls in the freezer. There was a second refrigerator out in the garage filled with pop. It was great, man. Yeah, we, that does sound good. We were ordering WWE pay per views every month for thirty bucks, and nobody cared. Like, oh yeah, there's no doubt. At age thirty two, where I stand versus where my dad stands, I know he was making more money. At wow, that point. I, I, I would have guessed the other way. Researchers have presented sixty six hungry college kids and fifty eight college guys who just ate. And they showed them animated female figures with different breast sizes to see what they found most attractive. The hungry guys preferred big boobs, and guys who have just eaten preferred preferred smaller, tiny breasts. 
Now, is that based more on, and, and I really do think there's, because, you know, breasts essentially are the first things that we eat, I would think that had more to do with it than finances, right? If you're hungry and you're like, on a subconscious level, you see big boobs and you're like, well, there's some sort of sustenance in there. There's some sort of something that could keep that you alive. That made more issues, yeah. yeah. That, are, that made more sense to me, yes. They say they, they, uh, they view this as resource insecurity which says that boobs are a signal of fat reserves, which in turn advertises access to resource. Right. So the men lacking financial security on the lower socioeconomic status line and the hungry men were drawn to the illusion of a woman who was perceived to have access to resource, and then she has the big boobs there. That makes sense. I mean, it does. Like, I, I, I get, I get where that comes from. I just think if that's if that's the logic that we're going with, then fat people would be more attractive in times of 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 you know either economic despair or times of like you know want or need. When when people are when there's a famine going on, wouldn't fatness be pretty attractive then? Yeah. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I understand why boobs are more attractive than a big gut. But at the same time, I mean, it shows if, if that's what our animal instinct is, if that's what our urge is, if that's what we're like trying to get is somebody who has stability in their life then being fat, you know, you obviously are, are doing something there. And you got to put it on the primal level, too, because like, yeah, there's poor fat people now because we have this, you know, junk food and all that stuff. But our subconscious animal mind doesn't know that. You know what I'm saying? Like when it comes to you see it, you want it, you, you know, Your first thought doesn't know that. Right, right. Right. So I would have to think that fat people would be more attractive. They went on to, to study 67 more college men. Found, uh, they had them fill out a questionnaire about whether or not they wanted kids. And then they had them put their favorite size boobs on a stick figure. <laughs> and people call my job childish, right? Like, when are you going to grow up and get a real job, Sansbury? Put so, these boobs on the stick figure. As expected, the men who did not want to be fathers opted for, fall, uh, for smaller stick figure breasts. Again, meaning their theory being that they don't feel like they need to have as much saved up in the bag. They don't need as much opulent. They, 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 you know, they don't need that. So I, I found out, dude, I'm, I'm going to be okay. I'm, I'm going to be all right. I'm a butt man. This doesn't have anything to do with me. Now, I will say that I do enjoy big boobs. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that, like, you have a preference one over the other, but it's not like you're, dude, no, big boobs, keep them away from me. No, 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 no. <laughs> Ideally, what you want is both. But, but you do need to be willing to accept a more curvier style female for that. This, a lot of the times, you, these women that you see, they've been altered. They didn't weren't born really? with those boobs and really? like that, that kind what? of thing. Like a lot of times, I think guys, I don't think guys think about that, but they are. Like a lot of times, dude, those women are altered. There's butt implants now. There's what? there's all this stuff. You're telling me Jasmine on the main stage wasn't born looking like that? Are you kidding me, Stansberry? Well, she might have been born looking like that and is there now trying to to gain the money to look another way, taking a step further. Yeah, um, yeah, dude. I mean, obviously, the society has changed beauty a lot over the past, you know, two hundred years, three hundred years. But if we're looking at it just from that animalistic standpoint of big boobs can feed my kids means she grew up healthy means that she had enough like food in her in her you know development i can understand why guys are attracted to that on a on a primal level you cannot escape evolution you can't you can't escape evolution at the end of the day we're just trying to orgasm and and eat that's that's all we're trying to do and if you got big boobs 
Guilty. <laughs> Hand raised. We have Factory of Terror tickets. You want to go? Be caller 15 right now. 1 800 243 7625. We'll send you to that. Next up on the program, we'll get a look ahead at Game 3 of the World Series. And Howard Stern has come out and has trashed Cleveland. We'll tell you what's up with that next on the Sandsbury. Rock 1069. The pitch. Swing and a miss. Chase the curveball in the other batter's box. Folks, Corey Kluber has registered nine outs, eight of them strikeouts. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show in Rock 1069. Game three of the World Series later this evening, 808, I believe, is first pitch again. Let's keep the faith, people. We're now in Chicago three day or for three games. And again, I kept hearing people say that this is unfair and that the Cubs should have had home field advantage because they had the better record. And I guess there's good arguments on both sides there. And I said yesterday, and I maintain, that I don't know enough about the nuances of all of baseball for me to really be like, no, this is the best way. Well, like, if you want to make the argument, fine. But you knew at the beginning of the season, just like every other team knew, who wins the All-Star game wins home field advantage in the World Series. So, like, to bitch about it now, it's like saying, oh, the Electoral College isn't fair. And sure, you have a point, but that's the way that it's ran right now. So play the game better. Christine Leahy from Fox Sports said this yesterday, and I think she made a great point. She said, you know, the Cubs were pretty well represented at the All-Star game. Right. Like there was a lot of Chicago Cubs on that NL roster for the All-Star game. So they had a chance to help themselves. So I was hearing people say that, you know, a lot of sports managers don't like being on their home court for three games in a row. And I didn't get that. And again, I don't think it changes. If game one would have been in Chicago, you still have to hit Kluber. You which you can't do. That guy's unhittable. At least he was game one. Like you, I mean, Corey Kluber, a fantastic pitcher. So no matter where you play the game, you're going to have to hit Kluber. That's hard to do. Corey's a stud, full blown out stud. It's a huge sports night for Northeast Ohio. It's obviously Cavs back in action again. Game uh, two for them this season, I believe. They're on the road in Toronto. Yeah, taking on and, the Raptors. Uh, your tribe is on the road playing Game Three World Series. Uh, at Wrigley, which is a, I don't know if you've ever been to Wrigley, but if you've never been, that's an amazing ballpark. It's a, I mean, that's baseball history, you yeah. know, I guess personified. I've been there for two different things. I've been there for a baseball game, and I saw you 2 there with uh, w- with a Guinness promotion, and that was amazing. I'm excited, and I Josh Tomlin taking the mound tonight. Yeah. I, I, that's a uh, that's a good thing. I think he's going to be able to, uh, to throw some heat, uh, and I know his dad's really sick, and they're from Chicago, and his dad's going to be able to make it. And, like, oh, see I didn't his, know any of that. And to see his son pitch at the World Series at Wrigley, I mean, pretty pretty. Big story there for oh, him big and for his him, family, yeah. and yeah. So you know, fingers crossed for Josh Tomlin tonight. How do you think the tribe fares with three games? in a row in Chicago. What do you think happens um, here? I, I, I honestly, I, I don't think home field advantage and I don't think momentum are as important as baseball as they are in other sports. I really, I would agree with you with momentum. I'm not sure about home field advantage. I, I, I think it's one of those things where um, in basketball, uh, things are a little bit more uh, home field advantage. There's there's more opportunity in that. Where in I football, think, it helps a great deal because of, you know, you can barely audible. You, you know, the crowd's real loud. Yeah. I think in baseball, I think that, that the Indians are going to be able to win games on the road. I mean, I know they're a better team at home. There's no question about that. Most teams, Most teams are going to be. Are, right. But I think they're going to be able to win games on the road. Um, luckily, it's it's not that far of a flight. You know what I'm saying? It's not that far away. Chicago, no, it's an hour Cleveland. flight. Right. It, it's not like they're going all the way out on the West Coast. And it's playing, one hour difference and, in time zone. And playing in different weather and playing in different you know right. circumstances then they have to come all the way back. And So I think that, I, I think that home field advantage not necessarily as important 
And all the Indians have to do is win one. If they can win one out of these next three, which they are entirely capable of doing, they even things up, and all they have to do is win at home after that. You know what I'm saying? So right. like, you, you, you still got Kluber for Game Four, Game Seven. That's the plan, right? So you've got your you've got your opportunity for a win. There's still a path that's wide open. And honestly, people who think there's not, I mean, guys, the Cavs were down three to one. Right. The Cavaliers were down three to one in the NBA Finals, and they came back. It, it, it all boils down to, and I said this about the Cavs when they were in the hole, and the Indians not even in a hole yet. But on any given day, you roll the balls out, and these guys can win that game. Right. I'm not going to say they're going to win the next three games in a row. I'm not going to say they're guaranteed a victory, but they can win that game. That team is 100% capable of winning this game. And for people to be like, oh, dude, that's over. The dream is over. The dream's died. Once again, going back to that loser Cleveland sports mentality, that we're never good enough. You had to know. We just we just did this four Series is tied. It might as well be right. game one tonight. Right. Might as well be game one. That's right. essentially what it is, is game a, one. In a five-game series. Right. Here we go. Win three. And uh, well, dude, our Twitter audience thinks the Indians take two of three in Chicago. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be great. Obviously. Yeah, dude, do it. That would be fantastic. I, uh, I'm i more interested, I will admit, to watch the, the Indians tonight than I am the Cavs, just because Cavs game two, regular season, Indians you know, trying to you know lock down another championship for Northeast Ohio. I, I got to watch that. Of course, dude. I mean, the circumstances uh, dictate that you know the television to watch tonight's the Indians. And dude, I, God knows I love the Cavaliers right. way more than the Indians. At the end of the day, my favorite sports organization of all time is the Cavaliers. I like the Indians, but I, come on, it's the World Series. You got to watch it. Yeah, you got to watch the World Series. So, a broadcaster, the most famous one of all time, Howard Stern, has spoken up about the controversy surrounding Chief Wahoo. We had this conversation on the air yesterday. And I said to you yesterday, you better just get ready for Chief Wahoo to go away. It's going to go away. And I, and, I, and I showed you my reasoning, and if you missed it, here it is. If you go watch... The TV networks, local TV networks that are covering the tribe, every single on-air anchor has a block C on the jacket, a block C on the mic flag on their microphone, block C, block C, block C. There's no Chief Wahoo anywhere. And that's because news directors have pulled their staff and said, we're not getting into this. We're not going to have you on TV wearing anything where people can even ask the question whether or not it's appropriate. If that's the case, this this war has been fought and won, and you were going to see this go away. I know there was a uh, a hospital that was letting their nurses um, wear Indians gear. You know, in a lot of places, a lot of businesses will sure. do that, whether you're a restaurant or whatever. Especially okay. right now with it being Halloween. Oh, right. And, and and there was a hospital that said, "Hey, yeah, you guys can totally come in Indians gear." Chief Wahoo is not acceptable, though. Okay. I know the MLB commissioner is going to be meeting with the Dolans in the offseason, too, about this. And once he says that, I mean... It's come over. On. Come on. It's over. So just just get used to it. Now, I'm one of these guys. I, I have Chief Wahoo hats. I have Chief Wahoo t-shirts. I'm not going to stop wearing those. It'll be interesting to see what they do at the games, if they'll turn you away at the game. Nah. You don't think? Nah. Mm, I'm suspicious that they might try. But Howard Stern's come out now and weighed in on this. And he said he could not believe that the Indians were getting away with the logo. He says, this is about as crazy as it gets, said Howard Stern. Co-host Robin Quivers, African-American woman, joined the conversation by saying, that's as racist as it gets. The duo went on to say how disrespectful they felt the logo was to Native Americans. We make fun of you, we make you an emasculated cartoon figure, and then we name a baseball team after you, said Howard Stern. 
He says, I just looked at it and I, and I said, how are they still getting away with that? That's crazy, said Stern. Ended the segment by saying, that's outrageous. It really is. Now, Howard, obviously, like anybody else in the country, entitled to his opinion. And known the world round to have strong opinions. That's how he became Howard Stern. Of course. Best radio broadcaster in the history of the industry, if you ask me. And I understand that Howard Stern has grown as a human and has grown as a broadcaster. And he now does a very different show than he used to do. I can't remember what we were talking about, Howard, about a couple weeks ago, but one of the points was, was like, dude, yeah, of course he's not out there doing porn star in a park. Artie Lang had come out and said that he felt like Howard was getting too watered down, was being guilty of the people he used to make fun of, and this and that. And I kind of said, Artie, you need to jump, let off Howard Stern. He's obviously going to grow as a person, grow as a broadcaster. If you go back and listen to shows I did 10 years ago, I sound like a very different person today. I'm proud of that. You should grow as a person, okay? But I think... And I won't do this, but I think if if I was going to have a conversation with Howard Cern, I would tell him that you have to understand that people that have not historically been fans of yours are going to remind you, Howard, that part of the reason why you don't work for this company anymore is you were fighting for the for the right to use the N word on the radio. Like he was digging his heels in about not being able to say the N word on the radio. So it's like, Howard, if you want to dig your heels in to be able to use that word. And you want to dig your heels in to be that offensive sexually and to push the envelope. I mean, dude, Howard Stern pushed the envelope racially more than any other radio show in the history of the business. If there was an avenue to push the envelope, dude, Howard, Howard Stern was, was into doing it. it. And, and, and let's be real, whether that was his doing by this is how I feel or this is was his doing by this move this the is, needle. This is what's going to get me rich. Right. right. Uh, he was doing it. Howard was all about what was going to get him rich. And I'm not knocking him for it. I think we've both been guilty at one point or another in our career where you're saying something because you know I'm saying this because people are going to get pissed at me. I'm not saying this because I necessarily feel it or I believe it. I'm saying this to get the reaction. We've yes. both done it. I have, bo- I have done that. Now, I will say it was easier when I first got into this business to do that because you were kind of expected to do that. You can do that a lot less now and that you better be more real and more who you are because, well, Facebook votes on whether or not we have a job every day. You guys get to vote. Oh my God, boycott. Don't buy Tide from Target because he said this and we're out. Now, Howard's made all his money. He doesn't need any more money. He can say whatever he wants. But I think there are going to be people who look at him and say, you are the ultimate hypocrite. You were fighting on the hill of saying the N-word on the radio. On both sides here, you mentioned that people that uh, are not traditionally in his camp and also hardcore fans of his are going to take this and be like, dude, you fought for the right to say N- you know, right. N-word on the radio, and, and now you're going to say this? Right. Like, so both sides there are going to have gripes against Now, again, him. he's grown as a person. He's grown as a broadcaster. Okay? So I'm fine with that. And so I understand that. But I don't think most Americans are going to take the time to think about it that way, put it through that filter, and accept that statement. And I think with what he said, too, and I didn't hear this, so I can't necessarily... I just read it from, from Channel 3. That's I where I read it. I can't speak on like the tone or anything like that. That will play into it. And right, and saying that I can't believe the Indians get away with this isn't necessarily saying I don't approve of this or I want this to be gone. Saying that, like, <laughs> oh my God, dude, it's 2016. How are they still allowed to do this? That's, that's more of a, an observation... On, on, on society than it is necessarily as a disapproval of the, those, of the logo. Those statements are more along the line of, I'm surprised nobody's rethought that yet. Right. That statement is more along those lines. But again, I don't think most Americans are going to take the time to put no. it through that kind of filter no. and give it that much thought. They're going to read it and be like, I supported Howard. I bought series. I did all this stuff. Screw Howard. Now, 
probably a safer play to be against it. You got one community in Northeast Ohio that is like, no, dude, we want Chief Wahoo. Right. The rest of the country is going to be like, yeah, get rid of it. Well, either either I don't care, like, you know what I mean? Most people Either indifference or would be in support of it, yeah. I'm hearing that the commissioner mostly said it's a local issue and it's up to Dolan. I don't think he asks for an off-season meeting if that were going to be the case. I feel like you're going to see some muscle here with Major League Baseball, and we're going to see this move to the wayside. And I said this yesterday, there's a thousand of these. There's the Blackhawks, there's the Seminoles, there's the Redskins, there's all this stuff. What I want, if we're going to do this, if we're going to make these changes, I want it done in one fail swoop. Why can't this be the issue where all major sports organizations come together to try to find the right thing? Why can't Major League Baseball, the NFL, and hockey all come together to try to figure out what's the best thing to do? Is that is it too many too many Chiefs, not enough Indians, if you do it that way? Oh, oh, oh. Quoted from the uh, MLB commissioner, that particular logo is offensive to some people, and all of us at Major League Baseball understand why. That's not being left to Larry Dolan to decide, dude. All I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. That particular logo is offensive to some people, and all of us at Major League Baseball understand why. When you say all of us at Major League Baseball understand why, come on, dude. Writing on the wall it's over. right there. Writing on the wall it's over. right there. They're not going to have the meeting until after the World Series, obviously. obviously. But, uh, dude, writing on the wall right there. I saw like Esquire and Slate and all these sites this morning go, can we get the Indians to retire Chief Wahoo before Game 3? No, because it's no. in 12 hours. What kind of... St- I mean... Dude, the internet. You enjoying that? Oh, dude, love Tim. <laughs> I love the Indian Hot Wall. You enjoying that Tim McGraw song? So A white dude singing about the trials and tribulations of the American Indian. Dude, are you not listening to the song? He's half Cherokee, half Choctaw. Oh, There's no white in Tim McGraw. <laughs> When you're weighing to the factory of terror, 745 this morning, Trump wants the uh, he wants the election over. He says cancel the election, Trump does. He's got a better system. Donald Trump says we don't need the election, cancel it, we'll get you filled in next on Rock 1069. Sansbury Show on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show, Rock 1069, around 745 this morning. We'll send you to the factory of terror. This is your last weekend for that. I believe they're open this weekend, then Monday, and yeah. then done, right? Well, dude, you know, Halloween is kind of the end of haunted house season. Yeah. Which, I, I, I gotta say, my girlfriend asked me yesterday, she's like, is it too early to start like getting Christmas stuff? And I'm like, yes! Yeah. Yes! You have another month of pumpkin season. Don't you dare try to bring a peppermint mocha something in this seat. I'm ready for that, though. Because I'm not a pumpkin spice guy. I, th- I feel like all that stuff tastes kind of gross to me, but I do like... The winter drinks, like the like the Christmassy type drinks from uh, Starbucks. Well, even as even aside from coffee drinks, we'll take coffee <laughs> drinks out of the goddamn equation. But like, eh, eh, oh, no, we can't start putting up Christmas decorations. No, we can't start having like false or, or Christmas scented air spray because we still have Thanksgiving to go through. Very frustrating dating a basic white girl. Very frustrating. Hopefully, I'll get to know that sometime soon. <laughs> If you were listening earlier in the program, you heard the information that Matt Fantone has applied to be the Canton Charge in-house announcer. Yeah. The guy hitting the floor, passing out the t-shirts, yeah. pumping, uh, the hype man, essentially. Yeah. I'm You're, like the Flavor Flav. You want to be the P. Diddy of the Canton Charge. Can't stop. Won't stop. So official Stansbury Show hater Kenneth wrote in and says, great, now I'm not allowed to go to charge games anymore either. Thanks. 
So this guy works at a place where his boss won't let him change the radio. Mm-hmm. Hell of a boss, by the way. I, I kind of want to reach out. I kind of want to find out where this guy works, reach out to the boss, and offer him some kind of free advertising campaign for torturing his employees by making them listen, because the guy hates us. Yeah, dude, we'll endorse you for free, whatever. Yeah, I kind of want to know where that guy works. Kind of want to help that uh, that boss out. I like it. Won't let uh, won't let people change the radio because he supports the program. I dig it. Honestly, that is kind of a good boss because let's be real. Most bosses hear this show on their place of business. Turn it off. Turn it off. They're talking about pegging. Turn it off. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, you can totally yeah. you can totally see that happening. And, and Ken's boss is apparently a big fan of the program. Yeah. Shout out to him. Ken, not so much. Though. Okay. Well. Donald Trump wants us to cancel the election. He says Hillary Clinton's proposals, her plans, are so bad, it will send the country into a downward spiral that we will not recover from, and that the policies are so bad, he says, just cancel the election give me, and give it to me. Declare me the winner. Now, of course, that's the way Trump wants it to work. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, should anybody want that to be the way that it works? No, no dude, no. That's what voting is about. I mean, really, at two levels there, you... you that's- fundamentally an american thing right i mean i <laughs> mean know. by calling out the integrity of voting and well it's all rigged i mean you're 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 you're, you're seriously discrediting the, the the process and how it all works and then by saying just hand me the election uh, no that's the exact opposite of what we do it's the exact opposite of what we should do trump uh had this to say while campaigning here in the battle state of ohio which if i'm reading this correctly he still leads in recent polls by an average it's now just about one point but he's still leading in the Ohio poll there. Um, of all the swing states, Ohio is the closest. Ohio is the most. Is that right? Is the most purple right now? Weird. Now you may remember in recent weeks, Trump has rallied against what is a rigged system mm-hmm. of media and political elites working against him. And I don't think that that's rigged. I think political elites, if they're working against you, it's just because they don't want you to be president. That's not rigging it. That's working hard to make sure you don't win. And let's be real about the media and the uh, love-hate relationship that has, has existed with Trump and the media throughout this entire process, where in the very beginning, when he was in the primaries, he was talking about, I don't even have to spend money on advertisement. Look at Jeb Bush, this idiot over here. He's spending all this money on advertisements. I'm beating him just because the media loves me. They can't stop covering Trump. I mean, that was that was his take, and right. that's who he was. And then you get into this, to this you know, echo chamber of, look at the media over there. They're so bad. Crowds are booing them. Crowd, you know, crowds are booing the media. Crowds are telling the media that, you know, you guys are a bunch of liberal scum, you know? And what do you expect media members to do? You don't expect them to 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 retaliate in some fashion? Right. You, you know, I mean, that's the power that they have. There's no great media conspiracy. I love that, too. As a member of the media, I mean, you and I both are. There's sure. no question about it. There's no, like, meeting where it's, like, me and Anderson Cooper and Wolf Blitzer. And, well, but, I mean, hold on. I mean, we wouldn't be invited to that meeting if they had it, though. Wouldn't there be at least some level of you and I would have had some exposure to it? We would have heard somebody right. somewhere. It's a pretty small. I mean, I know people who work at CNN. And and, and, and what? So, so dudes on AM radio stations who talk right-wing politics. They're getting inside information. We're not. Come on, I'm getting that information, dude. I'm one of the generals in the war against Christmas. You think Anderson Cooper's not calling your boy? Come on. Of course, this is the way Trump wants it to work. Just give it to me. Now, I heard. I think it was George Soros just said earlier this week that if you were to have a popular vote, he thinks Trump wins, and that electoral college 
Hillary's got it locked down because she knows how to play that game better. She knows how to win that way better. But he feels like if you had a, a, a popular vote, Trump would win. I think if if you had a popular vote in the sense of every American voted, then maybe. But she's still going to win popular vote by a landslide. I think there was a time during this election, if you did a popular vote, he would have won handily. But it's just been one thing after another, after another, after another, where enough people who, because we've seen people now who were in his camp to start, who have said, you know what, no, not after that, not after this. There's just been too many. And that's, I remember saying five months ago, somewhere around there, like, dude, you got to steer into this skid. You got to, you got to right this ship a little. I understand you're the, I say what I feel guy, but. That's only going to take you so far. You got as far as that was going to take you. Then you got a temper. You, you, you have to, to win the presidency, you're going to have to. You have to play the game. And a very good example of that is what we do. And uh, not to say, hey, the Sansbury show, very comparable to the presidency. But like, there's plenty of things there you, can, like you can lose your mind about, but you have to know when to pull back. You have to know when to do station business. You have to know when to keep your job and to make yourself employable. You also have to know when to turn on the talent, when you have to turn on the, you know what I'm saying? It's, the most important thing for my job every day is wake up and make sure first and foremost most people are going to assume do a good show right that's first and foremost Have you heard this show my it's number one job my number one responsibility to this company is to protect the license of the radio station <coughs> so if i'm sitting here and i have a decision between this is great content but it may risk the license of the radio station guess what wins license of the radio station you live to fight another day and I don't think Trump's done a good enough job of being able to extend it that way. I just don't. I This is the first election in a long time that made me wish we were doing a popular vote, though. Not because I want him to win, but I'd be interested to see what happened. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you'll know what the popular vote numbers are of the people who voted. I think if every person in America voted, and that's not just likely voters, that's just not registered Everybody voters. Everybody over the age of 18. I'm right? talking everybody in okay. America, maybe he would have a shot. That's a perfect storm scenario, but you're right. That is what I want to see, and I'm never going to see it. Right. So when it comes down to it, she's had a much better ground game. The machine has been working on her side for what I would agree. forever, forever. Agree. Let's be real. Since Obama first became president, it's like, all right, Hill Dog, you're up next. Let's start getting that game together. Guys, we're taking away sports logos because of the insensitivity of it. Like, you think we're going to do that the same year we put Trump in office? Wouldn't it be something if we did? Everybody's all outraged. Everybody's all pissed off about everything. And then the Donald just That would be America in, in two moves. Just waltzes his way up in there. <laughs> Muslims, black people, minorities, women. I have more respect for women than anybody on the face of the planet. I grab, grab my... Yeah, you can't just walk up to women and grab them by the... As we sit at under two weeks, dude, I mean, number one, as a show, I think I'm going to miss the, well, at least we have something to talk about on a national scale. I don't think so. And, but there's, right, on the other side, I'm like, dude, I cannot wait for this to be over. For three months after it's over, you're still going to have Trump stories. Right. Three months, you're going right. to have Trump stories. And I don't, and I was he- I was going to be hesitant to say this because I don't know the example I want to give you. Don't lose the license. But, <laughs> right, rule number one all there. Right, right. I think... That through the first four years of the Hillary presidency, you will see anti-Obama people begging for Barack Obama back. 
I think Hillary Clinton, because of what we've seen over her over the last 30 years, is going to make monumental mistakes. And it will shake people to their core and they're going to go, oh, my God, dude, Barack Obama wasn't that bad. I think you're going to see Barack Obama haters change their tune when they start to see some of the mistakes Hillary will make. Now, look, she's human. She's going to make mistakes. Every president has, including your favorite president. Reagan made mistakes. Bush made mistakes. Clinton, you know, Bill made mistakes. Abe made mistakes, dude. Abe Lincoln made mistakes. There you go. He did. But I think you will see... Some of the decision-making that we've seen from Hillary in years past rear its head through her presidency, and people who have been out there talking about how we got to get this country from out of the grips of Barack Obama's hands are going to go, man, i got to tell you, a third term wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world for that guy. I think you're going to see that. I don't know what makes me feel like that. Again, I'm not a Hillary hater. I'm not a never-Hillary guy. I'm not a killery guy. I'm not one of those because I just think you all sound insane. Scream Benghazi. I'll tell you what. You spell Benghazi, and then I'll let you <laughs> scream it on a street corner. All right. But we're not canceling the election. No, we shouldn't. Go vote. Go vote right now. Have early you election. voted early? I have not yet. I will probably take care of it this next upcoming week. I Is got a lot right? of crap going on. I like going to the pal- to the to the ballot. I really do. But I know on the day of the election, I got a bunch of stuff going on, so I'll go vote early. It's too. the Board of Elections is where you yep. can go to do it early. You don't need right? any reason. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm out of town. No, I just want to vote just early. Just want to do it. Go do it. Yeah. All right, I may do that. It's downtown, dude. You, you could yeah. walk there, no problem. Yeah, it is right downtown. Yep. All right. I would say that in life, if you have an opportunity to mix two of your passions, you yeah. should do that. Like I, like, I have a passion for my job. I have a passion to be on the radio. Uh, I have had that passion since I was a child. I love this job. I also have a very deep passion for golf. And if I could find a way to mix those two to make money off of both at the same time, I would obviously love to do that. A guy is mixing two of his passions, and he's being persecuted for it. And we'll get to the bottom of that next on The Sansbury Show. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Sansbury Show. We'll get you hooked up with Factory of Terror tickets just under 10 minutes from right now. I've had somebody else email me again today and yeah. say to me that I say this phone number a little fast. And if I'm doing that, I apologize. I want everybody to have an equal opportunity to try to win these tickets. So the phone number is 1-800-243-7625. Okay. All right. There we Got go. That. So there's the phone number there. And if I've been saying that too fast, if I'm rifling it right by you, I, I'm sorry. I uh, I do apologize about that. I I do speak fast from time to time. Yeah, you're like the the micro machines guy. Remember him? Yeah, that guy was awesome. Micro machines. That guy was so good at his job that you wanted a matchbox, <laughs> like like a matchbox car that you were going to lose in two seconds because you couldn't find it anywhere in the room. That's how good that guy was at that job. If you can mix your passions in life, I would suggest you do that. I, I think that's a good idea. Like I, I said before the break that I'm very passionate about being on the radio. I'm very passionate about golf. If I could find a way to mix the two together, uh, that would benefit me. Fantone's a huge wrestling guy. Mm-hmm. Likes the WWE a lot. If you could mix this and that together, that would be beneficial to you. Yeah. A guy in Colorado is under fire from the government over mixing his two passions. And... I'm not sure they have a huge case here. I guess we'll find out while diving deeper into the information. But this guy's passions are wild sex and wild life there. Kendall Seifert. His chief passions in life are squirrels and swingers. Okay. For the last few years, Kendall has maintained 
his unusual combination of interest. And he runs a wildlife refuge and a swingers club. Same operation there. So he's like taking, if you find like a bald eagle that has broken his wing, you can take it there. If there's like a... a no, he won't let you have sex with it. Okay. I was going to say, what? This sounds, this sounds totally against the law. See, for 53, due up in court on felony charges in November... After the state had raided his business uh, outside of Denver and put a stop to the controversial side of his activities, that would be the squirrel rescue. His animals, his animal sanctuary has been shut down. His swingers club, on the other hand, Scarlet Ranch, still going strong and currently revving up for their biggest Halloween party ever. Oh, good for them. He maintains that all of his interests are entirely legal and above board here. He says, I'm going to fight this to the end. He claims that the state raided the center Squirrel Creek Wildlife Rescue because it doesn't like the fact that he owns a swingers club alongside it. And I would have to imagine that that's absolutely true. But why? What 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 difference does it make what's next to it? I don't understand. I mean, like, if, if they're two separate buildings and, and you're not banging on top of the cages and you're not Are, banging the squirrels, what difference does that make? I don't know how. I've never been to a wildlife rescue, so I don't know how they work. There's is, one in Canton. Is it is is it a visiting situation? Do you go? Is this maybe about keeping kids away from a swingers club? I mean, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. If this guy if this guy's running a wildlife, it's not like he's running a state park or anything like that. It's not like he's running an amusement park. I mean, if this guy wants to have a wildlife wildlife refuge where he saved turkeys and squirrels and turtles uh, what what difference does that make well the colorado parks and wildlife government agency filed 21 criminal charges and refused to renew his animal rehabilitation license accusing him of keeping rescued animals for far too long and violating regulations by putting them on display okay so now if we're getting into a different okay it's not so That's much separate versus right. you just own a sex club right. on the side of this right the charges also include an attempt to bribe a public officer and the illegal transportation of wildlife, according to a report by uh, Colorado Public Radio. In one part of the premises, a bar area at Scarlet Ranch, now that's like the Swingers Club, yeah. backs directly onto animal cages. Okay. <laughs> that would be weird for me. Well, yeah, and I mean, if it's like a bar, then like I can understand why, as an, as, as an establishment that serves alcohol, I can understand why you can't have like squirrels in cages right next to it. That However, he says he will not keep animals in the cages while the club is operating. And creatures of the night, whether raccoons or, ooh, or raunchy dancers, it says here, are kept at a distance from one another. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there, I think there's a lot of people, even though that they're into kinky swinger type sex, who don't want to think about animals while they're doing it. No, there's, there's a difference between sharing your wife with a partner and bestiality. Yeah, huge difference in those e- things. Even, even, even not in the sense of bestiality. Even if it's like, oh, we're going to try to bang this raccoon. <laughs> but uh, I, even, even if I'm having sex, I just don't want a caged raccoon sitting right there, regardless of anything. Like I can't even have sex with my girlfriend when the cat's on the bed. <laughs> like I, you know what I mean? Like I get into very performance-based mentality there, and yeah. I, I, I struggle with, with like the family pet in the room. Yeah, I'm not going to try to bang it out at the zoo, so why, uh, yeah, I can totally see why there needs to be a separation. Now, here's where this story takes a real interesting turn for me. Kendall Seifert out of uh, Denver owns a swingers, like, uh, you know, uh, refuge and a wildlife, like, rescue, okay? This is where this is interesting to me, Fantone. He's not a swinger but believes that society should be more open to the idea of sex parties and sexual experimentation, which we, I think we would all agree with that. Mm. And, well, we in this yes, room would yeah, agree okay, with that. Right. He has owned Scarlet Ranch for 15 years and runs the indoor and outdoor adult nudist gatherings, foam cannon parties, which are awesome, by the way. If you've never been to a foam party, that is fun stuff. 
a restaurant, themed events, and open play areas and playrooms at the basement level where consenting club members are free to indulge in all of their carnal desires there. Do it up. He says here, I think it's important to broaden some of the views in our country and be more open about sex and sexuality. But it's not a free-for-all. It's a private country club, he said, which all of these places are. You kind of like have to like be ushered into the club. Is the way it's always been kind of sold to me. And either ushered in or pay your way in. Right. I mean, it's one, you know, one of the two. He says, I used to be a lot more outspoken about all that activism in the past, and it's a great confidence builder for the over for the over 40 crowd, but lately I've changed my interest, and I'm more about rescuing uh, the wildlife there. Well, you know, as you get older, the blood gets a little spicy, and you're probably not as lustful as you once were, and, and you move on with your life. But, dude, hey, much like a drug dealer that doesn't do drugs, I mean, it's possible. It seems unlikely, but it's possible. It's, yes, it definitely seems possible. What I would say, and this is what I've, I've said this a couple of times now about similar subjects we've had on the show. What do I always say about this? If you make a living off of selling vice, of selling a, a addiction and selling things that people find kinky or dirty, if you're selling America vice, you have to be legally buttoned up at every single angle. Otherwise, they're just going to they're constantly going to try to shut you down. People take offense to people getting rich off of vice. Yeah, and and, 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 and the general public's not necessarily going to come to the aid of the rights of a swingers club. You know what I'm saying? You can say that, no, this is my right as an American, and I'm, you know, I'm being trampled on here, but people aren't going to stand up for you like they are people, you know, in any other situation, because you're selling sex, you're selling drugs, you know, you're selling something vice-related. Vice, vice yeah, people really will take offense to that. Amy tweets and says, sorry, I'm old. What is a phone party? Okay, now, I've never been to a phone party at a... Swingers Club, club right. but working at the Agora, a lot of times people will rent the room out and they'll do phone parties, and you get machines, and it's basically, for the lack of a better description, it's like filling a bubble machine with like dish soap. And the entire room just gets filled with like that type of foam, and people, you know, they're you know they dance and they take their clothes off and they swallow ecstasy and they have sex in the bathroom. and Then we got to throw them out. I was gonna say it's all the drugs that you do at foam parties that really make them fun. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of foam and stuff, and I don't know EDM music going in the background. Yeah, a lot of chain smokers music. Yeah, and then uh, sandstorms playing. A bunch of foam. And then you probably just go home with somebody that you're never going to speak to ever again. That's a foam party. You don't even go home with them, dude. Just have sex with them in the foam. That's the whole purpose of it. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I, I, we need more phone parties. We do. Sansbury Show, uh, a Christmas phone party? I like that. Come celebrate the birth of our Savior with a phone party. Phone party! Uh. 11th Commandment. Tablet broke all the way down from the mountain. 11th Commandment there. You may have not heard that one. Drop some Molly for Jesus. We should make that t shirt. Drop Molly for Jesus. We have Factory of Terror tickets we want to send you. Call or 10 at 1-800-243-7625. We'll send you to the Factory of Terror. And Tyron Liu, coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, has come out and said LeBron James is a freak of nature. We'll get into that next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Around 8.30 this morning, we'll pass out a pair of Gallagher tickets. He's playing the Canton Palace Theater, November the 5th. We'll send you to that. And again, 9.30 this morning, get hooked up with Bush tickets for their show, January 1st, Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park. Indians getting all the love right now as Game 3 of the World Series is tonight. However, there's another team 
in Northeast Ohio that's already given you a championship. They're now in the world round as the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they're pretty good. I was very concerned you were going to make us go Browns there, dude. You're like, oh, there's another team, and I'm like, please, no, God, no, not the Browns. Actually, I was going to wait till the end of this break to promo that, but I'll just tell you, I think I know who the Browns' next quarterback is, and we'll get into that at 830. Mm. Got to talk a little Browns football. Mm. 8.30, I'm going to give you my prediction on who the Browns sign next as their filling quarterback. But LeBron James is arguably still the best player in the NBA. I know they're like the GMs were all questioned and they did like that silent thing and like everybody said they would start their team with Carl Anthony Towns, but of course the kid's like young and they're thinking about the future. But for me, I think LeBron James is still the most dominant NBA player in the league. You're you're crazy if you think otherwise. Honestly, I mean, I can understand he why he led every statistical category in the NBA Finals. Every category. I can understand why if you're making a team for ten years down the road where it's like, all right, well, you know, LeBron obviously on the wrong side of thirty, um, but. But if you're trying to can win, make an argument for Ben Simmons, a couple of these younger guys, yeah. If you're trying to win a basketball game today, there's nobody on the face of the planet that you'd want on your team more than LeBron James. I would have to absolutely agree. Now, right. we're a little spoiled with LeBron, I think. And I, and I believe that this area has been spoiled by his dominance. Remember when he said that? Yeah. No, dude, people did not like that. No. People did not like people that. People don't like when you say things like that, but no. he was right about it. Right. He's true. It, or he, he was right about that. Now, LeBron, 31 years old, and I don't think people think about that a lot because he doesn't come off like a typical 31-year-old, right? No, no. I mean, but, but, you know, when you consider how long we've been watching him and how long we've been, like, obsessed with him, uh, it's one of those things where on one hand, it's like, dude, feel like he's been in the NBA for 100 years. On the other hand, I feel like, he, you know, he's pretty fresh and pretty new. So This is his 14th year in the league. Wow. And most guys don't hit 14 years in the league. No. And if they did, the season opener of your 14th season, you're not going to drop a triple-double. But LeBron James did. You got to think 14 years in any pro sport is a lot, you know. And then you consider LeBron and how much he's been used and everything like that. Um, the, the fact that he's still out there is amazing. Um, even if you're like a, a journeyman, even if you're a guy who's just kind of going from team to team, like, you know, like Chris Anderson, like the Birdman, who's been on a million different squads and just kind of gotten moved around, that's a tough go. But when you are a franchise player, when oh, you are when the you, stress of that, when you are the shoulders that all weight leans that's on, and let's be real, it's not even franchise player. He's the player of the association and has been for the past 14 seasons. Basketball is what's on that guy's shoulders, dude. It's right. not just the Cavs. It wasn't just the Heat. It was basketball on that guy's shoulders. It's tremendous weight. Now, if you pay attention to his Instagram account, you can tell he's in tip-top shape, LeBron James is. There's videos of him working out with Mark Wahlberg. He's pumping iron on vacation even, climbing the stairs in a shirtless video. There's even I'm looking at a photo right now from his Instagram account where he's both where they're both shirtless. Standing next to Dwayne Wade, and Dwayne Wade looks like how like your dad would look if he got to, went to the gym and got in shape. Where it's like you're in shape, but you can tell you're not a young man. Right. Where LeBron James still looks like he could be a young man, and not like a guy entering into well, not middle thirties, but thirty one there. Well, and let's look at LeBron when he was a young man versus what he looks like now. Um, when he first came into the association, I mean, pretty skinny. You know what I mean? To, for him not to have have uh, or for him to have been able to essentially improve on his physique, that's you know obviously a testament to the work the guy puts in the gym. Uh, 
LeBron, just some stats here. Six foot eight, two hundred and fifty pounds. Jeez. But your body fat's like two percent, if that. You know what I mean? Well, I know and he's got a six pack, and in order to get that, you have to be in single digits. I, you cannot have that without single digit body fat. I mean, to be real about it, like I'm six foot seven, probably two hundred and fifty pounds. Me and LeBron don't look the same with our shirts off. We just don't. We just don't. Like Or shocker with your pants off even. No, no, a little bit of a little, difference. Little, there, little too. Different there. A little bit of a difference. Tyron Lou thinks he has the answer here. Lou says, I don't know. I don't know if he had a chance to get tested this summer, and they said he had a body of a 19-year-old, so maybe he's getting younger. Maybe he's Benjamin Button. The doctors say LeBron James has the body of a 19-year-old. Now, as impressive as that is at 31, imagine what he's going to be like at 60. At the end of the day, father time is undefeated. I will say that about every athlete, and you see it across the board, whether it was Michael Jordan, whether it was Brett Favre. I mean, the best of the best. Guys that are like, no, I'm holding on, I'm holding on. Eventually, you're going to lose. to to, to Yeah, so. but football, a more physical game on your body. Basketball's physical. It's hard on your knees, hard on your legs, and you can get your body beat up, but not like a quarterback in the NFL. And listen, I'm not saying LeBron is anywhere close to being done with his career. That's not the point that I'm trying to No, 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 to. I know that. But all, all I'm saying is, eventually, I don't know if it's five years from now, I don't know if it's ten years from now, but eventually... Father time wins. You, you you can't you can't beat him. You can't. LeBron's not going to be sixty years old out there in the association. He's just not. No no no. I'm just saying for him, if you have the body of a nineteen year old at thirty one, after you're done in the league, you could still be an old man and still like be young and vigorous with that kind of body. Right. And I mean, I, I think when they said body of a nineteen year old, it's not just like hey, he's cut and he's muscular and like boy, don't you remember when we were all young? No, they and- say they have the body and bones and the structure of a nineteen year old kid. Right. So I mean that's I mean that really is impressive and obviously a testament um, to not only the work that LeBron is willing to put in but the work that was put into him. Um, you've got to think both the Cavaliers organization and the the Heat um, put his his health his his you know his body into their top priorities into like well dude we have to make sure that LeBron is being stretched enough we have to make sure that he has you know the best the best trainers the best diet the best you know all those different things and he's obviously taking care of all that. When asked about his body and and when he plans to retire, uh, LeBron James said, when I'm done, I'll feel good about it. Being pretty vague there. And so the reporter goes at him again, good enough to play 10 more years, LeBron? And he said, yeah, laughing, obviously. And then he said, that would give me a chance to play with or against my son, which would be pretty awesome. But I don't think you'll see that happen. No, I don't think you will. But, dude, I mean, could LeBron get another 10 years? Obviously, you're not going to get 10 years of him at peak performance right now. I don't think you get another 10 years of him dominating the finals like he did. I don't think you'll see LeBron play past when he can't be dominant like that. I think it's going to be hard for him to walk away. I, I don't know if he's going to. Because, I mean, look, dude, look at Kobe. Good arguments on both sides of that. Yeah, there's look good at, arguments on both sides. Look at Kobe. He should have walked away two years ago. Jason Whitlock from Fox Sports always says that greatness has a hard time hanging it up. That the great ones just feel like they can do it no matter what the odds are against them, and that's kind of what makes them great. Well, and I, I would like to think LeBron, not only obviously a very impressive physical specimen when it comes to basketball, but he's also one of the best basketball minds on the planet right now, and if anybody... He's a cerebral player, for if, sure. If anybody is going to be able to recreate their game as he has done throughout his career, LeBron James would be able to continue to do that through the next 10 years, and I mean, is he always going to be banging down low and, and coming in with monster dunks and stuff like that? No, but I think he would be 
able to, you know, change how he plays. And he's still- proven it. I mean, there was a, there was a time where he didn't have the low post game. He spent an entire offseason working on it. I believe he worked with Akeem Olajuwon and got the game down. Right, and st- and he'll still be able to add to a team. I mean, and especially the Cavaliers, who at the end of the day are still a pretty young team when you look at like the core players. I mean, Kyrie's I mean, really Ky- young. Kyrie has another ten years of being one of the most dominant point guards on the planet. There's no question in my mind about that. You know, Tristan Thompson is not you know due to workhorse. Kevin Love's not particularly old. So you got all those guys together that that are going to be around for the next you know four or five years. It's not out of the realm of possibilities to think that the Cavs have a decent decade in front of them. Watching the national narrative about the Golden State Warriors right now to switch gears here is hilarious. People are jumping off that Golden State bandwagon left and right. And people were taking issue. Like, I don't know if you guys heard, but Draymond Green and Steph Curry kind of viewed that loss, 29 points, losing as, you know, the smack in the face that they needed. And we got punched in the mouth. And smart sports guys are out there saying, guys, you choked a, a an all-time great season away. You choked the best regular season win record away by choking the finals. Yeah. That's the punch in the mouth you right. needed not to open the next season after redoing your entire team to get Kevin Durant and then going out on your home floor and losing by 29. That's not, I, a, that's not a punch in the face. That's a kick in the balls, right? <laughs> I mean, yes. That's not a wake-up call. Right. A team that choked away the finals should not need a wake-up call. That was the wake-up call. I would agree with that. I think Nick Wright from Fox Sports made excellent points on that yesterday. And I and I think it's just funny to see a lot of these national guys jumping off the Warriors bandwagon coming over to the Cavs side of things. We'll get you hooked up with Gallagher tickets. He's coming to town in November. He'll play the Canton Palace Theater on the 5th, and we'll send you next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9, online for you, WRQK.com. Head over there, check out a video of a guy with some very questionable parenting skills as he is filming his daughter's teacher versus his daughter at a recital. Mom's not going to be happy about that. No, no, I don't know what his marital status is. Maybe mom not alive, maybe they're divorced, I don't know. Still, though, but even even if they're divorced, come on. That is very, very questionable parenting techniques. And again, you can see that video, WRQK.com. I've also tweeted it out at Stansbury Show is how you follow along with that. I understand you see a hot chick and you're like, oh, dude, she's hot. But to be filming her during the recital, come on, bro, come on. I mean, you're thinking about your kid in that moment, or you should be, right? Nothing more special than when your kid is doing something. You don't know because you don't have kids. It's uh, When it's your kid, you'll understand it's the most special thing in the world. Except for when an adult is shaking your ass. <laughs> except for when that's happening. Then all of a sudden your kid doesn't matter at all. So check that video out, WRQK.com. I have floated this idea before, and people got furious with me. But I think I know who the Browns are going to sign to be the quarterback. I know. I think I know the next veteran QB that they're going to try to f- fill this position with. Now, for the record, I would almost like to see them go after Tony Romo because I think, dude, I think the Cowboys organization and fans are going to look to push Tony Romo to the side. And I think Tony's probably better than people think he is. Better than anything we have at quarterback, I'll say that. I don't know if he's great or whatever. Do we have an official word on who's starting quarterback? I've heard Josh McCown has been medically cleared to play, but I don't think that they've made that announcement as of yet. And I think I've heard that Cody Kessler is not going to be cleared to play because of concussion. Josh McCown. So it seems like Josh McCown back up under the center. I 
My prediction is this. I think it'll be in the offseason. I think the Browns are going to make a play for Chicago Bear Jay Cutler. I don't think Jay's a great quarterback. He's got a top 10 arm for sure. He's got a cannon, that guy. But he's had some questionable leadership abilities, skills, not great at it, a little aloof, can be moody, um, doesn't seem like he's fully on engaged. I know there was the famous thing where he was like on the sideline riding the bike and didn't want to come back in the game. People questioned his toughness and things like that. And it seems like the relationship in Chicago via the Bears and Jay Cutler is falling apart. Apparently, there's reports of head coach John Fox saying that he's done with with Cutler, done with him. And the contract has no guaranteed money for Cutler past this season. So you know what that means. See you later, Jay Cutler. The Bears could part ways with him in 2017, either by trading him or you you could simply release him with no hit to the salary cap there. My guess is you're going to see Cutler end up being moved. Apparently, Hoyer, former Browns quarterback on the injured reserve, the Bears are prepared to throw Cutler out there Monday night against the Vikings because they tried to go with the Matt Barkley plan, but couldn't do it. Cutler's been out since late week two, I guess. He's cleared now. Cutler said this week of Fox putting him back into the lineup, he doesn't have a choice. He does not have a choice about that at all. Wow. This relationship with the Bears and Cutler has been getting worse and worse as the years and weeks go by. And I think Cleveland is going to look to fill the void and look for a... And they probably still draft a quarterback next year because you're going to have a high position. But I think they're going to try to make a play for Jay Cutler and allow a rookie that they draft to learn under Jay Cutler. I think you might see this happen. I feel like you're always really high on Jay Cutler, and I never really get it. I, I feel like he's not a very tough quarterback. Not, I mean, yeah, he's got an arm, but he's not a very good quarterback. Doesn't translate into wins or anything like that. And if he has an attitude problem with losing with the Chicago Bears, come over to Cleveland, bro. Right. If, if you have an attitude problem and you and you feel like you're not winning enough in Chicago, come on over. I come have, on over and see what happens. I have historically been higher on Cutler than most people. I think Jay Cutler's very... I think he's just never had the right situation for him to foster in. Sure, but I can guarantee you the Cleveland Browns are right. not the right situation. No, I, I, I've I kind of done a 180 on this. I like his arm. I think his arm is strong enough to play in the AFC North when it gets really cold here, when the weather gets really bad, and you got to force you got to play over the top in today's NFL. And he's got the arm to go over top of you. But I'm not wild about the sideline issues with Jay Cutler. I'm not wild about the leadership problems with Jay Cutler. But I think you'll see the Browns try to make a play here. I mean, it's been, what, six quarterbacks since last year? They're going to look to fill this void any way they can. He's going to be cheap. Cheaper than a lot of other options I think you would have. He's going to be cheaper than Tony Romo would be on the open market for sure. He'd be way cheaper than Romo would be. I would think. I, I don't know. That's just my estimation. I could be way off on that. Browns singing on the Jets this Sunday. A lot of people saying this is the Browns' last opportunity for a win this season. It's not going to happen. Not giving, not, not giving them any chance? No. Okay. I, I, again, I know I've been beating you over the head with this information. I said while the Cavs were still playing last year, 
that not only would they win the NBA title, Indians would go and win the World Series. The Indians are on their way. Tied at one game apiece. Game three tonight. Basically a best of five series now. We got a good shot to win the World Series. And through all of those predictions, I had also said that the Browns would spend this season at 0-20. I threw all four preseason games in. And they're well on their way. They're 0-7 right now. Remember when people were like, yeah, dude, they're going to go 6-10. They're going to go 8-8. What's wrong with you people? They're awful. They're that's, the worst. That's honestly worst. what that is. When, when Every year when the Browns fans say we're going to go 6-10 or we're going to be 8-8, eight eight, you know, you're, you're arguing from a place of passionate fandom versus stats and figures and, and logic. You're arguing your passion when you say the Browns are going to be 8-8, eight 6-10. Eight, that's what you're wishful thinking. I think you may see a play for Cutler here. I like his arm, but other than that, I think he's probably the wrong call. Which is why I think they probably do it. That's the business they have been in historically in the quarterback position. And I don't care who the coach is, who's the GM is, who the owner is. This organization has struggled finding the quarterback. We're going to have a really good draft pick this year. There's going to be a couple of good guys coming out. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here. The guy I wanted, Josh Rosen out of UCLA, they're saying he's got nerve damage now, may not play ever. May not make it to the pro level because of that. They're still waiting to find out exactly how severe that issue is going to be. But I think it's along the same lines of what Peyton Manning had happen in his neck there. And you saw Peyton came back from that. Wasn't the same quarterback. Josh Rosen still at UCLA. Hasn't even hit the pros yet. So you may see that fall to the wayside there. But I'm telling you, I think I'm right about this. Jay Cutler, the next starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Gallagher will be in town November 5th, Canton Palace Theater. We want to send you. Call her 20 right now at 1-800-243-7625. We'll send you to see Gallagher. And you should know by now not to take selfies in the car. You should know this. I can't believe i got to sit adults down and reiterate this to you. But there's a story coming out of Texas A&M University, the best reason ever not to take selfies in the car. We'll give you that info next on Rock 106. Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sainsbury Show, Rock 106.9. Win your way into the Factory of Terror just a few short minutes from right now. one 800 243 Seven six two five. Uh, no surprise here, Fantone. Number one hater of the program, Kenneth, opening his mouth some more. Okay, hitting the internet to blast us some more, and uh, going back to the LeBron James conversation. Says, "My God, wipe your chin off." I just said, dude, I'm like, yeah, LeBron's pretty dominant, man, and I'm not going to pretend that he's not. So, like, I know he is the best ever, but you have no shame. No shame in acknowledging and thanking a man for giving us the one thing we were all starved for for the last like hundred years here. No, you're right. I don't have shame in that. And like, I don't think either of us were. Whatever, Kenneth. Whatever. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not you know, it's Friday. It's almost. It's almost ten o'clock, dude. What am I like, Kenneth? Ah, I wanted to let y'all up. That's what I, I wanted to let you up. No, dude. I'm. I'm not taking the bait. I'm not gonna trump this one. I'm gonna let that one slide by, Ken. You're right, dude. I just can't stop filleting LeBron. You're right. Ken, get some. Get some earplugs or something, dude. Get yourself some head bu- or some some earbuds, and you can listen to something that you like, man. The truth is, he likes this. Yeah, he does. It started out. This is what works. This is how it works in radio. People listen to something they haven't heard before, and oh my god, I hate it because that's the human being. We just don't like what we don't know. 
and he works at a place that won't let him change the radio. It's on in the overhead, and now all of a sudden, now he likes it. Yeah. It's what I always say about radio haters. If you keep listening, eventually you're going to like it. And let's be real. I mean, Ken's probably not very popular at the office on a regular basis. Nobody, or at home. Nobody really likes him. I'm guessing very empty life. So now that he gets like mentions on the Stansberry show, everybody's probably like, hey, Ken, you suck. And at least he's getting some attention. Right. You know what I mean? I'm As giving him what to- he wants. That's honestly, if I'm bad at something, that's what it is. It's giving the haters what they want. As opposed to being ignored every day. And at least he's getting made fun of now. So there you go, Ken. Just too busy scratching off the the rock hard semen from last night off of his t shirt because you fall asleep alone in your in your recliner chair in front of your TV in your empty life, drinking Milwaukee's best. I've known ten thousand of you in my career, Ken. You're the same dude. I've had fifty of you every place I've worked. I know how this works, dude. I know how it works. Uh, Austin tweets and says, just marry LeBron already and get it over with. I, Dude, I got to tell you, you're allowed to do that. Now I would. Yeah. Me and LeBron walking down the aisle there. Yeah. I have here the best reason ever not to be using your phone while behind the wheel of your car. You shouldn't do this stuff anymore. Death? Would that is be the reason? One. Okay, I was going to say, that That's seems like the one. best one to me. But a woman, young woman, Texas A&M student, was arrested Wednesday night because she crashed into the back of a police car that was parked. Mm. Officer wrote in the report that he had his patrol car on the side of the road, had the emergency lights on while he was out investigating a disturbance call. Oh, so he had the lights on. It wasn't like this was just, okay. She should have been able to see this. Well, you see any car. I mean, it's not like you can't see a car with their lights off, but with the lights on, you really should be able to see that there. While interviewing people related to that call, a sport utility vehicle, SUV, crashed into the rear end of his, of his patrol car around 8.30 at night. As he approached the, F- the, the SUV, he observed Miranda K. Raider with her bra unfastened, trying to put her shirt back on. She told the cop, I'm driving back to my dorm room, but I was sending a Snapchat picture of my breast to my boyfriend while stopped at a red light. Well, I don't know how you crashed into the back of the cop car while doing that, though, if you, were, if you were doing it all while you were stopped. She told the officer that I'm not injured, but here's the other issue. They obviously pull you out of the car. They obviously start searching the car. Surprise, she's got an open bottle of wine in the car. She failed parts of a field sobriety test and was taken to the hospital for a blood draw. She was charged with driving while intoxicated with an open container, a Class B misdemeanor, and ticketed for being a minor in possession of alcohol. Oof. 19-year-old is listed as a freshman in the Texas A&M student directory. She was released from county jail yesterday afternoon on $2,000 bail. Trying to send a Snapchat video of her breasts to her boyfriend while driving. They got a picture of her in this story? Yes. Pretty hot? Not hot enough. Okay, because I was going to say, it sounds like she's hot, Texas A&M, I'm doing slutty behavior. I was like, I ah, mean, you, okay, well, here it is. I'll show you that. You'd pro- I mean, you'd go home with her, but if you saw her, you're not going to like chase her down and like, try you to get remember, her number. That's probably a bad moment for her, too. She's probably been crying, and she's drunk on wine. Okay. She's gotten into an accident. Yeah, but she's not, she's not an ugly right. girl. She's right. not ugly. Not smoke show, either. Right. So somewhere in between there. Average woman. Average woman. Average woman. Average, I believe they call that basic there. Okay. Somebody's got to teach these kids this stuff. I, 
it, number one, drivers that does. Like, you know what I'm saying? This isn't something that, like, I mean, you hear on a nonstop, regular basis. Don't text and drive. Don't text and drive. I guarantee you when they're doing driver's ed nowadays, that's the number one message that they're giving to 16 Oh, you would have to. Yeah, you'd have to. So uh, there, there needs to be a little bit of accountability there. Someone's teaching these kids. It's everybody. Yeah, uh, you're right. I am. I'm trying to. I'm trying to scapegoat it, and yeah. it really is her fault. I like personal accountability. That's normally my rule. I don't understand this. I, I, I again, texting behind the wheel of a car is dangerous enough, but you're right. going to try to take a picture of your boobs while you're driving. Right. Uh, texting is dangerous enough. I mean, really, any sort of distracted driving. We've talked about this before. Eating while you're driving, being in a fight while you're driving, being too emotional while you're driving. Oh, you start fighting with your better half in the oh. car. Your emotions get ramped up. You're not seeing clearly. I, I'm. Yeah, I bet a lot of accidents happen that you way. You start driving faster. You hit that pedal to the metal. You don't care. You're swerving in and out of traffic on 77. They, they tell you not to drive angry. Like, even if you're, like, say you, you're right, you live with your girlfriend. If right. you two get into a fight and you want to cool off and don't want to be around her when you do it, they say not to drive. I mean, dude, if you if you just found out terrible news, if you're like crying, if you're emotional, something like that, anything distracting you, dude, tacos, to feelings, or boobs, you, you don't need to be doing it while you're behind the wheel. I'll tell you the one that gets me. And this is accidental. Sometimes you can't control this. It just happens to you. But you know what freaks me out when I'm driving down the road? What's that? Sneezing behind the wheel of a oh, car. Oh, yeah. Because if you think about what's happening there, it's not long, but your eyes are closing. Right. And your body like shakes. So now you got your eyes closed and your hand on the steering wheel that could swerve and hit a car. I mean, the fact that people don't die routinely by people sneezing behind the wheel of a car, and maybe we just don't know. Right. Because how are you going to be able to tell it? Like, if you get in a car accident, they'll take your phone and be like, all right, you just texted right before this happened. We can make the link here. Nobody's, uh, there's no sneezing. There's no black box for sneezing. Um, Yawning much the same way. Oh, yeah. uh, Your eyes are closed for a second. Never thought about that one. Yeah. Um, I I really do wonder, like, I mean, Snapchat, why, like, I, okay, your boyfriend sends you a text and like, oh my God, I I miss you. I want to see a picture of those boobs, girl. Show me them boobs. But like, I, it just it just seems so obvious to me. And taking your shirt off, if you quickly did one of these, like if you pulled mm-hmm. your shirt down yeah. and showed nipple and like quick picture, okay. Like pulling on the collar of the shirt. Still yeah. a bad decision, but or pull your shirt up or like, but to take your shirt off while you're driving. I mean, even even if it's like 95 degrees out, and my air conditioner's broke. I'm not gonna be like, dude, I'm so hot, I gotta take this shirt off. Not only that, but it's, if it's your boyfriend, he's seen your boobs, right? Like, isn't like, I mean, she was refastening her bra. Like, wouldn't you even? Like a picture of your booze in your bra be enough? I, I, I just, I don't understand this stuff. You can die easily behind the wheel of a car. You know what it is? It's just, I'm getting old. And, and my mortality comes into play here. You know what? Get off my lawn! Yeah. Grab you know, the stands, Mary. Yeah, you hear that? I want all of us to stay alive, and that makes me the killjoy. Don't take pictures of your boobs and try to drive a car. We have Factory of Terror tickets. We want to send you to that. We'll do so right now. Caller 10 at 1-800-243-7625. All of Northeast Ohio bracing for a huge sports night as the Cavaliers back in action on the road in Toronto. Don't talk about LeBron. Shut up, Stansberry. Why don't you just just have sex with the guy? I would. Shh. Don't say that. Everyone's listening right now. I would pitch with LeBron. I don't want to catch. That seems like that would be an awful situation. But also tonight, Game 3, World Series. What's being lost in the shuffle of this huge sports stories that's happening around here is that the biggest of all those games is taking place here, and that's going down tomorrow. And those of you that live here, you know. McKinley v. Maslin. We'll get a look ahead at that to, uh, next on the Stansbury. 6-9.
Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have bush tickets. We'll give those to you at 9.30 this morning. 1-800-243-7625. The number you'll need to win those. They're going to play the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park January 1st. New Year's Day there. Yeah, win them before you can buy them. Yeah, interested to go to that show. Also up for you now, WRQK.com is a list of the best porn stars from the Buckeye State. There's some big, big, big names in the porn star world on that list. Huge names there. You can check that out, WRQK.com. I've also tweeted it out at Stansbury Shows, how you follow along with that. Getting lost in the shuffle of the World Series being, uh, you know, having an Ohio team in it, and obviously the Cavaliers back starting their their season, trying to repeat their title winning. Getting lost in the shuffle of that a little bit is a huge rivalry game that will be played tomorrow between McKinley and Maslin. And it just hit me this morning. I was like, oh my God, that's right. That's that's tomorrow. That's when this is happening. This is a huge rivalry game, and this is happening this weekend. Yeah, I just can't believe that it's the end of high school football. Like, I feel like it was just yesterday it started. Like, honestly, I mean, the, if, if football season, not over, but kind of over. Like, yeah. You got playoffs and you got all that, but like, dude, people are going to be playing basketball before you know it. They're playing this game on Maslin's turf at their stadium. And I'll give you my opinion on that here in a minute, but we have a little piece of audio from Chris Easterling and Mike Popovich from the CantonRep.com and uh, also Friday Night Ohio here uh, previewing the game. Let's take a listen to that now. Welcome in to another edition of the Two Minute Drill on FridayNightOhio.com. Alongside Mike Popovich, I'm Chris Easterling here at Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. And Mike, uh, Saturday afternoon at 2, meeting 127 between the Bulldogs of McKinley and the Tigers of uh, Maslin. Two teams that right now are on sort of opposite trajectories Maslin on a six-game win streak, McKinley on a two-game losing streak. What's been the problem for the Bulldogs right uh, of late? Well, that offense that just was unbeatable uh, the first part of the season just hasn't gotten track. Um, eight points in the last two weeks, two wow. coming by safety because of a bad snap, and only six points last week against uh, uh, Perry. Um, the thing about McKinley is the, the one thing they got to look at is, you know, they still have a lot to play for uh, this week, uh, not just because it's the rivalry game against Maslin, but, you know, if they can come over here and get a win, they'll put themselves in the playoffs. And that's the, you know, that's the goal they wanted to have at the, the start of the season. You win your Week 10 game and get in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, they can put that, uh, all the problems they've had the past few weeks behind them. Maslin putting the problems of the first three games when they were started one and two behind them with the six-game win streak. Tigers running the ball very effectively with three different running backs who have gone over 100 yards already this season with Jameer Thomas, Lewis Partridge, and most recently Ethan Jefferson. And defensively, holding teams to very limited rushing yards after being uh, gashed in two of their first three games by Menor and uh, Warren Harding. So it'll be the Tigers and the Bulldogs meeting 127 here at Paul Brown Tiger Stadium on Saturday afternoon. If I'm reading this correctly, the Bulldogs hit currently 6-3. and three. The Maslin Tigers are 7-2 and two there. Um, I'm looking at uh, Maslin's like, whole season here, and when they win, they win big. Like You go back to the 14th of October, they beat Firestone 45-14. When they win, they win big. What's the other one here? Oh, they lost that one. But Ursuline, they they won thirty to nothing. Like when they win, they go over the top on you, and and they 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 put up some serious points there. Um, this game's heated. 
it's I remember when I first moved here, like we were doing events and like guys in their 50s were coming out in high school football jerseys. I've never seen that anywhere. Like I, I always make this relation being from Cleveland, like St. Ed's, that rivalry game up there with them. Ed's Ignatius is big. That's a big rivalry game. But I don't think it's as big as this. I think this is that much bigger. In Maslin McKinley, it matters 52 weeks out of the year. There's yes. no question about it. And this week, this is year-round stuff here. This week more than any other week. Um, obviously, as a Canton homer, I'm always going to be pulling for the Bulldogs, and I genuinely think you know they mentioned it in the in that little preview that we just played. Um, it's important that you win this game because it's it's Ohio State, Michigan, it's Yankees, Red Sox. It's it, it's it's that game. You can but, bet on this game in Vegas. But you're trying to make the playoffs, and I think all those kids understand how important that is, and extending your season out, and and and. It's especially guys who are older who know this is their last year to play this are probably going to put you know their hearts and souls into this game um McKinley has potential for big plays at any moment that's one of their strengths they 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 know how to run the ball too um and I I genuinely think and God knows what's going to happen tomorrow at at Paul Brown Stadium but I genuinely think the Bulldogs got this I'm trying to find the line that Vegas has my app that I use for my my sports betting, and I bet a lot of football, my app doesn't have the high school game. I know you can bet this game in Vegas. I'll try and track that information down and pass it out to you before the end of the day here. Um, I may bet this game, depending on what the line is. I... Uh, I may not. I I may end up putting a, a small wager on this game. I think it's awesome that you can bet this game in Vegas. I'll try. Like I said, the app I use for sports betting doesn't have the game listed. I'll try and track that down. Pass that information out to you. We will also give you bush tickets, and we'll do it next on Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9 online for wrqk.com. Head over there. Check out the list of the hottest porn stars from the Buckeye State, state of Ohio. There. Some big names in the porn world from the Buckeye State. Yeah, uh, Ohio, it's known for its presidents, it's known for its astronauts, and now it's known for its porn stars. Yeah, all the big businesses there. Yeah. We're in. Yeah. Canton, Ohio makes a little uh, uh, representation there. They do. And make it on the map. They do. Good job, Hall of Fame City. I want to thank Kevin Stifler for writing in and telling us what the line on the McKinley-Maslin game is tomorrow. I checked VegasInsider.com, couldn't find it. I, I have another app that I use to get lines to bet NFL games, and they didn't have the game either. Tigers are favored by six points. Giving up six at home. I saw that uh, Tigers head coach uh, Nate Moore is only going to have to serve two of those games suspended in the playoffs. Oh, I didn't. I haven't heard about this yet, dude. It's ridiculous. It really is, dude. You broke the rules, and like, I don't understand why this is like. Oh well, no, he was just trying to do what's best for this kid. No, he wasn't. He was trying to do what was best for for his school and for him for, for the Tigers to win. And listen, yeah, fine, but you got caught, dude. And I, I I just don't get it. I don't get OSHA's decision there. I don't know what the kid's situation was, so maybe bringing him here was better for the kid. I don't know, but to say that. And say that a, that a football coach that takes over a program like Maslin wasn't trying to do what's best for his chances to win as a football coach would be lying. He didn't just grab some kid and say, "Hey, you've got a tough life here. I'm going to bring you up to Maslin. Life's going to be better. Like life can't be tough in Maslin or something." 
I guess. Um, but he grabbed one of the most highly touted offensive linemen in the state of Ohio and brought him with him. Dude, I I, I don't understand. Uh, My thing is, it. how did a coach that is that is eligible for a position like Maslin, which would be, I would imagine, across the country, one of the biggest jobs for a high school coach to get, I would think. I can't imagine that many programs that would be that you'd want to coach at more than that. How does he not know? How does a coach at that level not know that all eyes are going to be on every move you make right now? especially the first couple of years you're there. I, I don't understand that. That's where you lose me on stuff like that. I understand trying to sneak players through and all that. I understand the desire to do that, but I don't know, dude. It's high school sports, and listen, I get it. It's the most important high school football game in the world, but, dude, let's try to, if we're gonna if we're gonna sit here and claim that we're men of integrity and we're gonna sit here that we're doing what's best for the kids, then maybe cheating isn't what we should be doing. I don't know. I don't know. What do you want me to say? That's probably the best. Probably the best plan there. When I was in high school, there was uh, there were allegations over my high school basketball coach doing the same thing for uh, a young man named Mark Hunt, who was unbelievable. Mark was he was an incredible high school basketball player. I don't know what ended up happening after you know to him after that, but he was an incredible high school basketball player. But he was like living with the coach, and there were like people who were like, "What is happening here? Like that's not he. This kid came out of nowhere. First of all, he looked 35. He had a full blown beard and everything. And there was a lot of speculation around that when I was in high school. And don't get me wrong. Obviously, it happens on a regular basis. For sure. But when you get caught, I don't know. I just feel like there should be some, like, like consequences. Hey, we're trying to show these kids live with integrity. And when you when you you know for good for better or worse, there's consequences to your actions. On the high school level, yeah. I think two games probably is not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I know all of Maslin just went F you and I gotta be careful about that because that's a you know, that's a huge, huge listening area for us and we need you guys. And I'm sure a lot of you just got really mad about that. But if you're really going to be honest about it and you were gonna take your fandom for the Tigers out of it, and you saw this happening in Indiana, North Dakota, Florida, you'd be like, What the hell is the matter with that guy? If you saw that's it, what you'd be saying. If you saw it in McKinley. Like that's really what it goes down okay, to. Yeah. I mean, is, is is if you saw it in McKinley, you'd be you'd have foam Screaming coming out your of your head mouth. out. Only two games. You're right about that. But you know, we're all hypocritical. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Six points. The line is there. Tigers favored by six. There. I don't know enough about the rivalry. I don't know who wins more often than not. Who's got the better record while playing on the road versus playing at home? I don't have all the facts there. Um, and it feels weird to bet that game. It feels weird to bet high school sports. I, this is yeah, the only totally game that you, that you can bet on, but it just seems like it seems like a strange thing for me to do is be like, you know what? As uh, you know, I, I'm gonna bet a high school game. It seems very weird for me to do that, so I'm probably not gonna bet this game. As uh, as a guy who's been known to bet plenty of football games, probably gonna bet some games over this weekend. If you were uh, with us earlier this morning, somebody just emailed me and asked me, so I figured we might as well just get into this right now. If you were listening earlier this morning, you heard that Fantone had tried out to be the Canton Charge in-game announcer. And Nick tweeted or uh, wrote in, emailed in, says, how did Fantone's Civic Center announcement position tryout go? Um, well, as a whole, Nick, uh, th- thank you, first of all, for uh, being interested in what I'm doing with my life. But it was pretty good yesterday. It was a um, first time I've ever done something like this. I've hosted a ton of events. I've, you know, I, this isn't this isn't like uh, I didn't feel this was like un- uncharted territory, but still the first time I've ever tried to do something like this, like being an in-game host. Uh, so essentially what it was was an audition process. And they're like, hey. 
dude, for the first 30 seconds, just get out there and show us what you got. Like, no script, no anything, just do what you can do. And really, all it was was, you know, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Canton Civic Center in the Hall of Fame City, blah, 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 blah. Put your hands together for your 2016 Canton Charge! And that was kind of cool, because, I don't know, there was like... Uh, he does it in his seats when we go to the games anyway. <laughs> it's so <laughs> effing annoying. I think that's why they asked you to try out as they're sick of hearing you from the fifth row. And then there was a bunch of other like things they wanted me to do, like, hey, we're going to do a mock interview where pretend that this guy right here is Quinn Cook. And like, all right, Charge fans, the Charge coming off another victory. Quinn, that's the fifth victory in a row for the Charge. What do you attribute it to? And the guy was like, blah, 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 blah. Go Charge. And I'm like, yeah. And the Canton Charge player of the game, Quinn Cook right there. Don't forget, you know, all single game seats, our single game tickets are still available at the Canton Charge box office. And thank you for coming out tonight, Canton, and stuff like that. Um, I'm excited about it. I don't know if I'm going to get it or not. There's a part of me that's like, well, they're going to give it to me just because I'm on the radio. And like, you know, there, there, there's a part of me. And then there's other talented people that tried out last night. So whether I do or I do not get this, um, it was an honor to do. It was exciting to do. And I, I just can't wait for Canton Charge basketball to get underway. Yeah, next week, right? Uh, the 12th is the oh, season okay. opener. Okay, the 12th okay. is the season opener. Tickets are still available. Dude, tickets are ridiculous ridiculously affordable like ridiculously affordable i think you can start tickets at seven bucks and that's crazy once you start factoring it very cheap to park there the concessions are very reasonably priced it's the best concession stand in the world as far as price wise goes watching entertainment i mean it's so cheap to eat and drink in there beers are affordable if you get season tickets there's a vip package that's available to you so honestly um six season of the canton charge coming up right now a buddy of mine's a season ticket holder he says he got his package for about like i think it was 1200 bucks for the year Right, and you got the VIP, and yeah. he's close up on the game, and all those things. If 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 you're one of those people who, on a regular basis, dude, Canton sucks. There's nothing to do in Canton. I hate this town. There's nothing going on. Go to a Canton Charge game, dude. You could take the kids. You know, when you get the kids for the weekend, and and and, and they're like, Dad, 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 Dad. This is the perfect thing for you to do on a Saturday night. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Go hit up CantonCharge.com. Find yourself some tickets. I love going to those games. I Good really time, hope. Man. I really hope you get that position. I really do. I think you'd be really good at it. I think you're the right kind of guy. And the, yeah, like we've like we've hinted at, it would be. I mean, every day it's going to be like, "Hey, what are you doing tonight?" Oh, well, you know, right. I'm announcing the charge game. Well, and let's be real. Like ten years from now, twenty years from now, when I finally grow up and I decide to run for mayor of Canton, that's going to be a huge feather in my cap. That's definitely going to be one of the things in my commercial that I'm like, "Yeah, and I used to be the charge announcer." So, dude, come on, let's make this happen. <laughs> Canton Charge, if you're listening right now, Posse, I know you're listening right now. Make this happen for me, homie. We do have a pair of Bush tickets. Yeah. They are playing the Northfield. They are playing the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park. They will do so January first. We want to put you in the venue for it. Caller twenty five at one eight hundred two four three seven six two five. We'll send you to that, and then we will end the program. Fantone addressing a little bit more hate mail next on the Stansbury Show. Six nine. And this Indians crowd is on its feet. In fact, they haven't sat since the national anthem now the wind and the 2-2 strike three call locked him up with a fastball and that's how the 2016 world series begins and you're the greatest sports city in the world swung on and blasted deep left field away back gone wow what a game for perez uh, when this is all over and that banner goes up, there's only one thing left to do. Repeat. Swung on a dribbler, slowly hit down the third baseline. It's going to be an RBI single. 
A swinging bunt single down the third baseline, and the Indians have grabbed the lead. Miller's ready. The payoff pitch. Swing and a miss. Did he go around? Yes, he did. Got him on a slider. How about Andrew Miller? And number 23. At this point, if you're not from here, live here, play here, dedicate yourself to Cleveland, then it uh, makes no sense for you to live at this point. Cleveland against the world. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. It's where you can check out the podcast of the program. Also, check out the hottest porn stars from the state of Ohio. That's up for your uh, approval. At WRQK.com. I want to end today's program by addressing a piece, not necessarily hate mail, but the guy's inquisitive about the program. Okay. It says, why do you never talk about the WikiLeaks or Project Veritas videos? I understand you don't like Trump. I'm going to stop right there and say that that's false. It's not that I dislike him. I just don't think he's going to win. I'm allowed to not think he's going to win. Everyone is, is entitled to choose who they personally prefer. However, the bias you show by not discussing all the corruption on her end is disappointing. Well, I am going to say this again now for like the... 10,000th time. I'm allowed to be biased. Yeah. This is not a journalistic endeavor. It is not. This is an entertainment program Mm -hmm. based on opinion. I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, which is giving you my opinion. My opinion is Donald Trump is going to lose in a monumental landslide. Now, for those of you that think I'm anti-Trump, I'll be... Let me remind you, I was the first guy out there saying he was going to win the nomination. People looked at me like I was insane. When he declared he was going to run, I said, there's your nominee right there. People thought I was crazy. And I told you that Donald Trump understands us better than we understand him and that he will absolutely be the nominee. Now, I knew that to be true. And I also feel like I know to be true that he does not have a chance to win an electoral college vote. I think there was a time during this race that if you would have taken a popular vote and that's how we picked the president, he would have won. I think that time is long past. I could be wrong, but I don't see it happening. And as far as like, well, dude, let's talk about some Hillary corruption. And dude, there's plenty of skeletons in that woman's closet. There's no denying that. If 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 you think that you're you're crazy, um, that's but, coming from a guy who's kind of in her camp. Yeah, well, dude, there's no question about it. I'm voting for Hillary Clinton. I'm telling everybody I else. Anybody, I, know, I don't think anybody's going to be shocked to find that. Telling one out. everybody else I know to do so. I, I've been actively involved in that campaign. So yeah, I, I, I will openly and, and, and publicly say that there's plenty of skeletons in that woman's closet. There's no doubt about it. Um, with that being said though first of all those videos are coming from the same video makers that did that did the that did the acorn videos that have been debunked that did the planned parenthood videos that have been debunked and listen you can say that's oh, what i said to him. I was like, snopes is all liberal bs fact check is all liberal bs politifact that's all liberal bs show me the fact checking site that's for conservatives then show that to me show it to me show show me which peer-reviewed fact checking site isn't liberal bs show it to me Show it to me. Send it in. I will gladly look at it for you. As far as the emails go, dude, and this is what I've said about her in, in, in really probably for the past six months, is we already have heard the story of the emails. It's not se- it's not sexy. It's not entertaining. It's not like, hey, this is headline news. We've heard this story time and time again. And whatever comes out in those emails, dude, it's not going to match the media S-storm that Donald Trump is. And, and not just based because the media is the one who puts that on him. Dude, he puts it on himself. He does. There's no doubt. Denying that in the history of uh, of running for the president, you've never seen a guy say he could stand on a street corner, shoot people, and make it. And if any other candidate 
any other candidate in the history of elections would have had the kind of tape that came out of him on the bus with Billy Bush talking about women like that, they would have removed you. Uh, dude, if Obama would have been, uh, dude, oh. dude, dude, five different kids from three different women, multiple divorces, all those things, dude, all those things Obama would have been, dude, he would have been crucified. Come on. And, 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 and listen, don't come at me and don't come at Stansberry pissed off because the Republicans and conservatives, you, 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 you attached yeah, your wagon, years. you attached your wagon to a loser, dude. You did. There's no denying it. And in 11 days, 12 days, whatever the hell it is, dude, we'll 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 have our proof of it. You guys decided to put to put this guy in the office. You guys were the ones who decided to support this dude. And 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 what you're seeing right now, and I've said it time and time again for the past six months, 18 months, however long we've been talking about this damn thing, is you're watching the self cannibalization of the Republican Party, dude. Conservatism is no longer represented by the Republican Party. There's no question that's, about that. That's absolutely and, true. And 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 and, and when when it comes to it's all fire. Up. When the time comes to be, dude, and, and 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 Hillary Clinton wins this, you know, presidency, and it's President Pantsu taking her inaugural dress and saying all this stuff, Republicans, you did the autopsy after Mitt Romney lost, and you found out that you can't win just depending on old, white, uneducated people. You can't do it. It's a different country now, and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to figure out how do we win presidential four elections. Years, it's gonna be even harder for them to win. How do we win presidential elections? And doing what you've been doing isn't gonna work. So we know we know Fantone's gonna vote Hillary. We know that. We We've known that since she, since she declared. We've known that forever. And for the record, I wanted Hillary when Barack was running. That's when I thought that she was going to be a good choice. Is all the way back then. So I will say this, conservatives, Republicans, if you would have put a guy up there who was fiscally conservative yet still believed in helping his fellow man and believed in some social programs who had a progressive view on Roe v. Wade, you would get me to vote for you. If you would have put up a true conservative, you'd be winning right now. And, dude, I'm talking, if you would have put up anybody else, if you would have put up John Huntsman or Bill Weld, dude, if you would have put up Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio, they would have had an opportunity to beat Hillary Clinton. You I guys think deci- Marco Rubio would have been a good opponent. You guys decided to put up Donald Trump. Not even a conservative. Not even a conservative. And you're going to come and, oh, why don't you talk about Hillary more? Why don't you tell your candidate to stop to stop being the most entertaining dude on the planet? What I will say to you, too, though, is this, is that the word reality has been thrown around in this country so often that you guys expect everything to be, you know, this is this show does not have to be fair and balanced no, at all. No, it doesn't. It, it, this is not a journalistic endeavor. I am absolutely allowed to sit in here and show my bias for sports, for, for presidents, for anything I want. This isn't news. Like this whole thing now, because you talk the election, people get misconstrued on what a program is. I have no obligation to be fair whatsoever, even though I have been. I have defended Donald Trump time and time again in this room over things that I thought, okay, yes, was it wrong, but it's not as bad as people are making it out to be. Let him off the mat. Now, that being said. Okay, because that's the I don't know how more clearly to say that we are under no obligation to be fair. None, none, none. As a matter of fact, we're supposed to be anything but that's our job is to be opinionated about things for sure. You want to talk about Shepard Smith and those kind of guys and news outlets? Should they be fair? Yes. Should they be talking more about this stuff? Yes. I'm under no obligation to do so. Neither is Fantone. Okay, I, I, I should be giving you my opinion. That's what we do. I'm under no obligation to be fair. 
And if the news isn't fair, why would you think a rock morning show was going to be fair? Your, your politics leader, the rock morning show, 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 show. We're going to do fart jokes and then we're going to do politics. I believe I have been fair to both sides. When Donald Trump, when I feel like he's been right or been saying something accurate, I have said so. What also happens is, is you guys don't listen to everything that happens on the program. No. And you get all hot and bothered about it and then email. And I understand it. That's fine. Take action. Report and tell me what you like and don't like about the program. I'm all for it. Now, that being said, I feel like this needs to be said to both sides, Republicans and Democrats. Stop calling your opponent Hitler. You have no historical perspective on how terrible that man was. You sound insane. You sound foremost. Our president would never have the power Hitler had. So even if they're terrible behind closed doors, they can't do what he did. I don't want to use the word offensive, but comparing either one of these two people to that guy, to a huge population in this country, to Jewish Americans, I bet is offensive. I don't know. I haven't talked to all of them. I don't know if you have to be Jewish American to 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 know that that's. Uh, I feel like that's where well, it would hit home, right? But nonetheless, dude, I mean, it, you don't you don't have to be Jewish American to know something's wrong when it comes to that, um, dude. It's it's Friday at night. I know. What the hell are we? Doing I know right because now? dude, I started talking about this, and then people started emailing me in and texting me in, and you know, tweeting at me like, "Well, Hillary's just Hitler." No, she isn't. She's Hitler. I mean, Hitler. And another thing that I know people have been like, why do you guys run Hillary Clinton commercials and not Donald Trump? Well, go to the podcast. Those are sponsored by Trump. Hillary Clinton pays for it. Right. Hillary Clinton campaign pays for it. If Donald Trump wants to buy advertising time on Rock 106.9, come on, I have on, no buddy. control over any come of Come on. Come on. Spend money with us. I, and and pretending I have control over who spends money on this radio station <laughs> and or website is insane. I don't I, Dude, I barely have control over the program. I heard she's uh, something like $60 million ahead of him right now, and we're coming into the last two weeks, and it's either going to be him coughing up money or it's not going to happen, and it's not going to happen regardless. I'll tell you but. one of the reasons he's going to lose for sure. The guy's out there for the last two weeks talking about how the system's rigged and then goes on Twitter and begs for money. Right. Well, bro, buddy, if it's why? rigged, why am I going to give you any money? Right. Why am I even going to come out and vote for you? The See, system's rigged. if he isn't calculated enough to think that far ahead... You do have to question whether or not he'd be a decent president. You do have to, at that point, you do kind of have to question it. That's on top of the other 9,000 things that have happened along the way. That's it. Now, having said all that, I know it sounds like we're piling on Donald Trump again. I have told all of you that are fearful of a Trump presidency, your life's not going to be that bad if he wins. I know you think it will. It won't. It's going to be just, worse. Hitler, he's Hitler. Just like I told everybody who was fearful when Barack Obama was running, oh my God, if he runs, he, it's going to destroy this country. Most people, whether you want to admit it or not, these are the facts. We're ready for some facts? Because sure. here are the facts. Most people in this country, I think it's like 82% of people in this country, your life is better off now, this eight years later than it was before he took office. So all this, Barack Obama's going to ruin the country. No, he isn't. Your life is probably financially better. Now, you don't want to admit that because you hate the guy. And you have to go and gut check and examine why that might be. I have my sneaking suspicion on why it might be, but I don't want to accuse you of anything. But for the last time, this is not a journalistic endeavor. I will absolutely get up on my goddamn soapbox and I will spit my opinion from high upon the mountaintop because that's what I am paid not so handsomely to do. All right. 
Are we done? Is that it? Is that, all, right, all right. And exclamation all right. point. All right. All that's left to be said is go Tribe. Let's get a win tonight. Aside from that, we'll be back live 6 a.m. Monday morning on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great weekend. See ya.